0: The following presentation of the Midland City Council will begin in a moment. The Midland City Council is the city's legislative body It sets policies, approves budgets, determines tax rates, and adopts ordinances and resolutions to govern the city. It is made up of five elected officials that represent the wards in which they reside, and councilmen are elected to two-year terms. The mayor is elected from among the council members by vote of the city council. City Council meetings are held at 7 p.m., two Mondays per month in council chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV Channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through Channel 99 on AT&T UVerse, or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs podcast channel.
1: Good evening and welcome to our September 26, 2022 meeting of City Council. Please stand and join us in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America
2: and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All
1: Sean, will you please call roll?
3: Honorable Mayor Donker. Here. Councilman wasbinski Councilman Arnoski. Here. Councilman Brown-Wilhelm.
2: Here.
3: Councilman Hall. Here. All right, thank you very much. Does anyone in council have a
1: conflict of interest with anything that's on this evening's agenda? Okay, seeing none, then can we... We'll move on to the Consent Agenda. All resolutions marked with an asterisk are considered to be routine and will be enacted by one motion. There will be no separate consideration of these items unless a council member or citizen so requests during the discussion stage of the motion to adopt the Consent Agenda as indicated. If there's even a single request, the item will be removed from the Consent Agenda without further motion and considered in its listed sequence in regular fashion. Can we have a motion to approve the Consent Agenda? Second. First and second. Would anyone on council like an item removed from the consent agenda?
4: Yes, Mayor. I'd like items five and six removed from the consent agenda.
1: Okay. Very good. Anyone from the public like an item removed from the consent agenda? All right. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? All right. That passes. Four, zero.
4: Mayor, I was hoping we'd have a brief discussion about the consent agenda. Um, Item number 13, I would just like, I know this is just setting the hearing, but in the materials that were included, there left some some questions in my mind that I hope will be addressed during the public hearing. And that is including uh, an explanation about why the people who petitioned for the uh, vacation of Keith Street uh, don't live actually on Keith Street, according to their submission. and then I understand that the vacation will go to a budding property, but the abutting, pro- abutting property here seems to include three properties, not just two. So that being two, you know, to the east and west, and then of course the to the south. And um, also, this is as opposed to other street vacations that we've dealt with in the past. They've actually been streets, and so there's some benefit to the city of not having to maintain a street here. This is. More like open land, and whether there's a distinction that should be made because it isn't uh, a functioning street um, as opposed to you know parkland, which is kind of what I I guess best describes it. So, if those things could be addressed when we do uh, have the public hearing, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, I
1: see Mr. Kane's nodding his head, so he'll be sure to address that at that time. Okay, that um, this evening we have two um, proclamations. And Katie Geyer is here to introduce those to us this evening, and the first one has to do with Cultural Awareness Month. Katie.
0: Yes, so the proclamation uh, tonight that I have for you was submitted by the Cultural Awareness Coalition of the Midland Area Community Foundation, which is represented here tonight by coalition member Katie Miller. The proclamation uh, resolution would issue a proclamation that declares the month of October as Cultural
1: Awareness Month in the city. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Will you please read the resolution, Sean?
3: Sorry. This resolution authorizes the mayor to issue a proclamation designating October 1 through October 31, 2022, as Cultural Awareness Month in the city of Midland.
1: All right, can we have a motion to accept the resolution?
5: So moved.
4: Second.
1: For two second. Any discussion on that? All right, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, that passes four zero. Shall will please read the project? Whereas
3: is, where is the vision of the Cultural Awareness Coalition of, this, of the Midland Area Community Foundation is Midland, an inclusive community, and whereas October is recognized globally as Diversity Awareness Month, and whereas beginning October 1, the Cultural Awareness Coalition will be sponsoring events to promote inclusion, acceptance, and community engagement in Midland. Now, therefore, we, the mayor and city council of the city of Midland, Michigan, do hereby proclaim October 1 through 31, 2022, as cultural awareness month in the city of Midland. Okay,
6: thank you very
1: much. And Katie, thank you for being here this evening with us. And this is the proclamation, and I know there's lots of things planned, so will you yes. please- um tell the city what's going to be going on during that month thank you you so much. much yes
3: so thank you to the council and the city of midland for your support of cultural awareness month 2022. cultural awareness month is an ongoing initiative of the midland area cultural awareness coalition and is an important celebration of culture and community in all of its forms it brings people together in recognition that our larger community is built upon the cultures of people who live here and that each is inherently valuable The members of the Cultural Awareness Coalition hope you will continue to support our work to create a community where everyone thrives by embodying in your work our guiding core values of inclusion, respect, empathy, authenticity, honesty, curiosity, openness, justice, and knowledge. We hope you'll join us for the many events we have this coming month, including workshops on uh, uh, hiring individuals with disabilities in the workplace, um, having open and courageous conversations, um, and uh, some cultural events at the Midland Center for the Arts as well. So
1: thank you. Yes, thank you very much, and as a reminder to everyone, this is the beginning of Neighboring Week, and that too is part of the, the work being done by the Cultural Awareness Coalition. So we've got a lot going on this coming month. All right, that now takes us down to item number three, which has to do with um, Fire Prevention Month, and Chief Mosher is here to uh, tell us about that.
7: Good evening. Uh, The proclamation tonight is to recognize October 9th through the 15th as Fire Prevention Week. It's an annual week that we do every year. So that's what we're here for.
3: Great. Perfect. All right. Sean, will you please um, read the resolution? The attached resolution authorizes the mayor to issue a proclamation designating October 9th through 15th, 2022, as Fire Prevention Week in Midland. All right. Can we have a motion to accept the resolution? So moved. Okay, first and second, any discussion?
1: All right, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay,
3: that passes.
1: Four zero. And Sean, please read That's the proclamation.
3: Whereas the City of Midland is committed to ensuring the safety and security of all those living in and visiting Midland, and whereas fire is a serious public safety concern, both locally and nationally, and homes are the locations where people are at greatest risk from fire. And whereas home fires have caused 86 civilian deaths in Michigan to date in 2022, a 9% increase compared to the 2017 through 2021 average, according to the Fire Inspectors Society, and whereas smoke alarms sense smoke well before you can alerting you to danger in the event of a fire in which you may have as little as two minutes to escape safely and whereas working smoke alarms cut the risk of dying in reported home fires in half and whereas midland residents should be sure everyone in the home understands the sounds of smoke alarms and know how to respond And whereas Midland residents who have planned and practiced a home fire escape plan are more prepared and therefore be more likely to survive a fire. And whereas the Midland Fire Department is dedicated to reducing the occurrence of home fires and home fire injuries through prevention and protection education. And whereas the 2022 Fire Prevention Week theme Fire won't wait. Plan your escape effectively serves to remind Midland it is important to have a home fire escape plan. Now, therefore, we, the mayor and the city council of the city of Midland, Michigan, do hereby proclaim October 9 through 15, 2022, as Fire Prevention Week. Throughout this city and throughout the city, and urge all the people of Midland to plan and practice a home fire escape plan for fire prevention week 2022, and to support the many public safety activities and efforts of the Midland Fire Department.
1: Well, Chief, thank you so much for being here. I think this gave us a lot of information, but I'm guessing yeah. there's some activities that are gonna be going on, and if yep. you just wanna tell our audience more about that.
7: Sure, can you give you a couple of things. One, when I wrote this, it seemed a lot shorter.
8: <laughs>
9: <laughs>
7: uh-huh. So, uh, so, Year-round we practice fire prevention, but annually NFPA and and the fire service as a whole focuses on a fire prevention week. That's October 9th through the 15th. Um, Just a little bit of quick history on that. This is actually the 100th year NFPA has sponsored that, um, which I think is kind of cool. And then in 1925, three years after that, President Calvin Coolidge proclaimed fire prevention week a national observance, making that the uh, longest-running public health observance in our country. A couple things we have going on. We have our annual fire department open house Sunday or Saturday, October 15th at fire station one on East Haley from one to four. So we'd love to see everybody there. If we could, I uh, will show off our truck, show you what we can do, talk about fire prevention, uh, make sure everybody's up to date on all that. So thank you.
1: All right. Thank you again. I mean, I, I, I've been around a long time, but I always have heard people say the best way to prevent fire is prevention. So thank you for you know the celebration and coming back and reminding us every year about what's important. The
7: easiest way to uh, to stop a fire is to prevent it from ever happening. So, 20 years fire prevention for me—that's kind of been the focus—is preventing those fires. Right. So, thank you.
1: And it's great to have you here as chief. Thanks. Okay, now that takes us down to public comment. This is an opportunity for people to address council on issues relevant to council business, but not on the agenda. Now, just want to make one comment. I know that there's some comments about um, an item. Uh, later on in the agenda, which happens to be item number uh, eight. Yeah, thank you. Item number eight. Should have circled that. Um, and there will no be no opportunity for public comment during that time. So if anybody wants to make public comment about that particular issue, you need to do it now, if you would. Okay. Oh, and I should have said, Mr. Johnson, you know how to do this, but... For those of you who have not been up here before, you need to come up, st- stand on the blue mat, address council, and state your name and address, please.
10: Uh, Jim Johnson, 4712 Moreland Drive. Thank you. Before I start, I'd like to thank Councilwoman Hall for her vote four weeks ago. She listened to the 15 people that came and spoke against the ordinance that you passed. So I want to thank her for listening and her fortitude to stand up and take, make her kn- self-known. If you can tell me how to turn this on. Oh,
1: it'll, if you put your items okay. on there, they will turn it on for you. Okay.
10: When I was thinking about, uh, I sent this to Mr. Arnoski, so when I was uh, thinking about what I was going to say tonight, I came across a cartoon that was in the New York Times that kind of summarizes how those of us in the Moreland District feel about the attitude of our city management and of the council. In case of flooding, I guess we're just supposed to pray. It doesn't get into our homes. Let's take a look at some facts about what's been going on over time. despite what various consultants have told you despite the actions that took place after 1986 1996 and 2017 there have been no significant upgrades to the infrastructure either the moreland pumping station or the inman drain i think as all of you know if you have a court bucket in front of you and you design something to hold two maybe three cups of water it works fine then you go about adding things that i'll discuss in a minute it becomes four cups it becomes five cups you propose things that make it six or seven cups without you ever addressing the infrastructure You've significantly added to the load on those two things, the pumping station and the Inman drain by continued developing property west of Dublin road. Most recently, you improved the culvert over Stark road, under Stark road. All that does is bring water, more water quicker into our area of our homes. You recently approved the foundation disconnect program without any independent risk study. That's a big no-no in most projects. You've continually refused to listen to, or at least understand, information given to you by knowledgeable individuals. One of them is here tonight, but the other is they have probably done more on water management of overland water than your entire group, including Mr. Driscoll and Mr. K. They've worked in Dow plants where they had to manage overland water. Also, your consultants told you one, they said we didn't even look at the overland water situation. And two, they have never done any foundation disconnect program in an area adjacent to a flood area, but you disregarded all that. You've approved the foundation disconnect program without getting any idea, firm idea of how many people will participate. Your consultants have said if they don't get 70% participation, it's not successful. So I'm willing to wager any one of you a small amount you won't be anyways near 70% in the Moreland District. So you're going to waste a lot of taxpayer money. And now you're even considering approving additional building west of Dublin Road without ever taking into consideration the infrastructure required to handle the water. So I think you should vote no on the petition until The city comes up with a plan to manage the water in both the overland situation, the Inman drain, and what is going to add to the sanitary sewer system. Also, I would invite any of the city management or the city council to come out and take a look at what's happening in our neighborhood with the simple tearing up of two streets, it's a disaster. You've torn up sidewalks, the street, outlawns. probably a number of the trees are going to die from damage to their root system. That's just the beginning. You're going to do that to every street in our area over the next three to five years. Three is what you have a contract for. None of us believe you'll get it done in three. So come out and take a look. If you don't have this going on in your neighborhood, you may not appreciate what it looks like. So anyway, that's what I wanted to say tonight. Also, I should alert you to the fact that several of us have dedicated ourselves to talking to various service organizations and foundations about this new ordinance that you passed four weeks ago. I think every citizen, every one of your constituents should understand that 9,000 of them now have homes with inappropriate, read originally illegal, foundation uh, drains connected to the sanitary sewer system, even though they were all granted city building permits with the full knowledge that that's the way they would be hooked up and that's the way it was designed and that's the way it was the best practice at the time those were put in. So you've got some major thinking to do, and hopefully the citizens of Midland, once they understand what you people just approved with the new ordinance, will give you some calls, send you some texts, send you some letters, send you some emails. Because in my opinion, it's a gross dereliction of duty Thank you very much.
1: Okay, thank you Mr. Johnson. Is there any other um, public comment? Okay, seeing none, then we'll move on. That takes us now down to item number four, which is a request from Larkin Township for additional water. And Mr. K is here to introduce that to us.
11: There we go. So, Madam Mayor, members of council, um, this is a, an issue, a discussion that's been sort of brewing, if you will say, for quite some period of time. Uh, we've been working with our uh, compatriots out in Larkin Township, looking at the questions of water allocation and whether or not additional water allocations can or should be made um, to the township for the purposes of uh, div- basically connections to the water system of the city uh, within the township limits. Um, it's probably been, what, three or four years, maybe three, six, so I'm corrected, three, at least three or four, I know that we've been talking about getting to this meeting, so it's been a long time coming, um, and I'm gonna, I apologize because I'm going to go through a presentation that's a little bit of numbers and a whole lot of text um, and no pictures, <laughs> so it's going to be one of these kind of content-heavy discussions, um, but it's important because this is a very critical issue, not only to the township, but certainly to the city as well. Um, so, I want to first of all explain to you what it is that's in front of you this evening, and it's the request that comes from the township itself. Um, you need to understand that the current agreements, the current uh, arrangements that are in place provide the township with 1,402 connections or 1,402 units um, of water, of which 1,297 are currently committed, another eight. Um, are approved for connections, leaving 97. Now, that may be a little bit off because these numbers I actually put together in June, so it may be up or down just a few, but we're very close to those numbers. So somewhere around, if we just kind of round it out to about 100 units um, in allocation, that they have left for development within the, the, within the township before they run out. What they have in front of you this evening is a request to add on top of that 1,402, 512 units. Um, You see the breakdown of that. There's 400 developed properties and 112 that are vacant and an additional request for 80 units unassigned at this point in time, but to allow for future development. So the total that you are actually being asked to consider is an additional 592 units, sort of all in, all counted. Um, now, I gave you a lot of documents, a lot of detail in the report. I apologize how long it was, but it's important for us to really look at the history and understand the systems uh, that we're talking about and that we're discussing this evening. Um, this date, their data line goes all the way back to 1882 when the first pumping station was put in place. Uh, that was really for fire suppression purposes, sprinklers, those types of things. It had no drinking water um, as an element of it. We actually used wells on the edge of the city in order to provide the drinking wells and water for the city of Midland. Um, We didn't build our first treatment plant, uh, which was a 2 million gallon per day plant until 1926. Took about another decade to upgrade that to a 5 million gallon per day plant, which added some storage capacity as well. Um, We did some upgrades to the pumping station, the one built back in 1882. Um, and we took our treatment upgrade uh, in 1946 up to 8 million gallons a day. So you can sort of see the growth that was happening, give or take every decade or so. Uh, there was a need for additional water and treatment capacity within the city limits. Um, in the late 40s, uh, we added the Saginaw Midland, Michigan, water, Midland Water Supply, said, It should be only 1M, Uh, Water Supply Corporation, which is the pipes that come from about 70 miles away from here where we stand out in Lake Huron, and bring the drinkable water and the usable water to the city of Midland itself. That's still the supply that we use today. Um, But the treatment plants themselves had to continue to be upgraded. So in 1959, we went up to 12 million gallons a day. In the late 70s, we bonded for a new treatment plant, and we completed that plant in the early 80s. And that's the plant, essentially, that we have today, aside from some tweaks and upgrades to it. But generally speaking, it's a 48 million gallon per day facility. It's got a hundred and some odd thousand gallon reservoir. I think it's 118,000 gallon reservoir on the site. So continued growth, continued need uh, for not only for what we service, but as we'll talk about in a little bit, development that's occurred out into the townships. We also have a long history of policies, and, and sort of the urban growth policy was uh, the, an early one. From 1940 ish uh, to the night bubble, 1969, we had a strict no annexation, no water policy. Really, what that meant was if you wanted water, you had to annex to the city, and other than that, there was absolutely no way to get uh, connected to the municipal water supply system that the city of Midland operated. Um, That got changed a little bit in 1969, um, and then that kind of lasted until 1991 in what we call Muga or the Midland Urban Growth Area. And that really was kind of a unilateral, about a two-mile extension of the city boundaries within which you could annex and get city water, beyond which uh, we could actually extend water services out into different areas. Uh, The Midland Mall came along about that time and sort of forced us into into looking at things a little bit differently, and it resulted in the Urban Cooperation Act agreements that we have in place, beginning with Larkin but also extending to other townships in place. The Larkin Agreement specifically came along in 1991. Um, It modified the Muga Line. It established some of those annexation policies, provided for revenue sharing, which is really about a 20-year agreement that after the properties are annexed, we share revenue with the township. Um, it provided for the waters beyond that MUga. So in other words, if there's a development proper and parcels within certain areas outside of MUGA, they could be serviced by water. Um, and again, as I mentioned, it's really a 20-year agreement uh, that related primarily to revenue sharing. Um, at the same time, we were really looking to leverage, and what those uh, urban cooperation agreements did was we were looking to leverage the water supply for long-term land use control policies. And that's what the urban cooperation agreements really were intended to do. At that point in time, I think it's fair to say that both the city and the township understood and respected that there are uh different roles for the city and different roles for the township in the larger communities. We provided the more urban dense commercial, uh industrial type development, and it was a more of a rural lifestyle, larger lots, uh more scattered rural development um, that weren't at directly economically competitive with the city. We both recognized at that point in time that the economic vitality of the central city was a key concern. Um, And we wanted to make sure that we were doing what we should be doing and the township was doing what we could not or should not be doing um, so that, again, the vitality of the center city was always maintained. Um, But it it has to be understood, um, from our perspective at least, that there was a mutual understanding and it continues to be important that there be a mutual understanding that it's apparent. An imperative to our, bi- our bilateral, excuse me, policy of land use control. In other words, we need to work cooperatively together and both of us need to be moving towards the same objectives if these policies and approaches are going to continue to work. Um, I should mention as well that uh, service beyond the Muga was uh, arranged, we talked about whether there be sort of a, 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 a corporate type approach or a retail basis. We ultimately decided between the township and the city Um, that it would be a retail basis. In other words, the city would continue to operate the system. We would operate it on behalf of the Larkin Township customers. We would bill and take care of all of the the general uh, administrative requirements of selling water to people that were outside the city limits but within the township. Um, It incorporated those land use controls that we'll talk about a little bit more in a moment, Uh, again, with the intent being that we be non-competitive with each other. Um, there was a mutually agreed upon development density. Again, we'll talk about that in, a little, in just a moment. And it significantly resolved the most significant weaknesses of the MUGA policy, which was, again, that we don't have just unfiltered, uncontrolled development that was directly competitive with the city out in the rural uh, areas of the township. Um, and again, the intent of all of this was to ensure the interests of the greater community were not compromised. Uh, by the individual interests of speculators. If, uh, for those of you that know Jack Duso, the former assistant city manager, he would say this over and over, is that it's not the developers, it's not the speculators that need to be driving our land use policies, it's what's in the best interest of the community at a very high level, and that is this board and the Larkin Township Board collectively together. So if we look at the land use control issues, uh, there really were two controls built into the agreement. One was water allocation, the other was development density we speak to the water allocation first um, we can state that we are in compliance both ourselves and the township uh, with that at this point in time but as we pointed out they're starting to run out of water um, and we'll also point in just a moment here that they've overcommitted in the township beyond the agreements that are in place um, the 512 additional units that i mentioned have been requested to address the assessed but not yet connected properties. so it's important that you understand that <clears throat> excuse me but there are more than 400 units committed by the township for which they do not have allocation under the agreements between themselves and the city. Um, we have put the township on notice since at least December of 2016, we can date it back that far, um, advising them that connections beyond that current 1402 capacity limit um, would not be permitted. And so they are still on notice to that effect. With regard to density, um, we originally allocated water on a section by section basis. The intent was to look at Um, a controlled density out into the township. It was never intended to allow the subdivisions and the platted style of development that have taken place. Um, And what happened was that that policy was generally followed up, as far as we can tell, up until about March of 2014. Um, At that point, allocations started moving around from section to section and creating these greater densities within a section, allowing for higher density developments than were originally intended. Um, and what happened is we ended up with a development form that's directly competitive with, with what we have in the city, largely in the form of single-family plats. Um, we, in our opinions, are suggesting that the original land use control objectives um, are no longer being realized by the way in which these um, allocations are being administered. Okay, there, I go. there we go. Let me just... okay. it did. All right. So in terms of an analysis, um, this is all, again, contained in the report that was presented to you. Uh, but first and foremost, the request has come in for 592 units. Um, it offers no discernible benefits to the city. Um, the original intent of the land use controls and the protection of each other's interests is no longer being achieved, as we've stated and outlined for you as we went along here. So that's, that's kind of a basis that needs to be kept in mind as we go through and look at the other issues this evening. Um, we also need to look at the other situations that apply. First and foremost is the water treatment plant. The question, of course, comes up: Do we have the capacity in order to provide and supply the requested uh, allocations that are being asked? We do. Uh, the capacity is there, unless we had a huge or very large single single user come in and consume a large portion of our water plant. Um, we are okay. We, we have the capacity in order to allow this to move forward. Um, But I will also point out the fact that we are under contractual obligations to provide the 1,402 units to the township. They are under contractual obligations to us, saying that that's all they're entitled to. And there is no entitlement beyond that additional capacity. Um, We believe that the land use policies that we talked about, the density issues, the allocation issues, the locational issues, all require a reset that they're not working in their current form. Um, We are also concerned that there has been an intentional disregard of the contract terms. uh, That has to be better addressed should we consider any additional capacity being granted to the township. And we'll talk again about those in a moment. Um, We talked about the section-by-section allocation. We believe that that is something that we should be looking at. We probably also need to look at minimum parcel sizes that we allocate these to. So again, the product that is being delivered in the township is not the competitive product a uh, product that was always intended not to be provided um, as a comp- competition to the city and the core core. Um, we believe also that we should be looking at specific allocations to existing parcels um, to prevent, again, these unintended development densities. So what that would mean, for instance, if there's a parcel that has an allocation of a unit, they don't get to divide it, and they both get a unit of, of water allocation. That's exactly what we believe the policies were intended to avoid. Um, we talked about them requiring an incentive. Sorry, we must have gone backwards. Um, We also talked uh, intentionally and we heard comments this evening about stormwater management. Uh, We believe that if we're going to allow additional development on the fringes of the city that we need to look at those stormwater management tools. We are reviewing ours internal to the city. We believe that the township should also be looking at theirs. Um, There's also a question finally about uh, looking at the clarification of the request details. For instance, we talked about. Um, looking to, can we service it? Is there an updated and a current engineering plan in place? That was done back when the urban cooperation agreements were first entered into. We believe that those need to be reviewed uh, and re-examined. They may be okay, uh, but that examination needs to take place. We believe there's probably a requirement, however, to upgrade those. And then I finally point out that uh, we're aware of and, and we recognize the fact that there are legal concerns with the commitments made uh, at the township levels. But um, unfortunately, those are the concerns of the township; they're not the concerns of City Council. And as such, in our review, in our analysis, we have not given those weight. So, Madam Mayor, the the options that you have in front of you this evening there's three of them. Uh, they're pretty stark. They're pretty clear. Uh, one, you could request or approve the request simply as it's submitted to you this evening. Approve the 500. And, ninety two units uh, the continued pattern would take place that's taking place today um, they would just have more capacity in order to, ad- to a deal with that and allow for further development the other end of the spectrum you could request or deny the request in full in which case as soon as they run out they hit the fourteen hundred and two capacity limit in the existing agreements that would be the last water connection issued by the city and there would be no more connections to the city's water system and option number three is really saying okay we're open to at least having a discussion Um, We understand we have this list of concerns um, and you give us direction back as staff to work with the township and say, okay, where can we move this along and still meet the objectives of the city as well as the township and see what is a reasonable number to grant. So um, my recommendation in the formal sense this evening is simply that you receive it and uh, receive and file the report. Uh, But of course, the Larkin Township and their representatives are here this evening and I'd suggest we listen to them, certainly let them present their information and then at the end of it, we have a discussion. So, is there are any questions, I'd be pleased to answer.
1: Okay, are there any questions for Mr. K? All right, yeah. thank you. So, I can see Larkin Township representatives here, so please feel free to come up and make your comments. Oh, and it, just, would you introduce yourself too, please? Sure. great, thanks.
12: Uh, Good evening, uh, Madam Mayor and honorable city council members. My name is Maria Sando and I am the supervisor of Larkin Charter Township. Uh, I'm here to speak on behalf of Larkin Township with regard to the water uh, connection issue. The city manager in his memorandum has provided a thoughtful and thorough summary of the history of the situation and the dilemma facing the township. That said, there are two key points where we disagree with the conclusions that I would like to address. First, to be clear, we are seeking an amendment to the urban cooperation agreement between the township and the city to allocate additional water taps to the township. However, contrary to the city manager's assertion, the township does not expect this change to come without cost to the township. The city manager stated that the township hasn't offered anything in exchange for this. That's simply not true. The township has repeatedly asked what the city needs in order to make these additional water taps available. The question has been asked. The city, count, the city asked for additional information. We asked again. City requested additional information. And then it was silence. The township has not received a clear response to this question. The township could submit or an offer or suggestions of change blindly but this will get resolved much faster if city management could simply communicate to us what you're looking for. The township is open to discussion on what will make this work, but communication has to be both ways. We've answered every question asked by the city, but we haven't received an answer to the primary question we asked, what does the city want? Please communicate with us. We are your neighbors and we want to work with you. This discussion has been ongoing for nearly six years. And we don't know what the city, we still don't know what the city wants. The second point I would like to address is the city manager asserts that the township has not taken any action to address the problem after it was discovered. That simply is not true. When looking at the 592 connections requested by the township, the vast majority, 512, were properties that were assessed for water connections before this issue was discovered. The most recent assessment was completed in 2011 that issue was discovered this issue was discovered after that he also pointed out that larkin township didn't ask for more water taps until it was brought to our attention in december of 2016 that's a fair analysis this board was elected in november of 2016 we took office november 20th of 2016 after being elected november 8th before our first board meeting was even called i received a call from joe sova then the director of water department Kathy Moe and I met with him and Heather to discuss how to handle the ongoing projected shortage. After this issue was discovered, when it was clear that this issue wasn't going to go, it was going to take some time to resolve the township issued a moratorium on all water connections, except for those with existing water assessments. That moratorium remains in place today, pending resolution of this issue. No new water connections without assessments have been approved since this issue was discovered. I can't address why the previous board made the decisions that they did. I can say with confidence that surely they believed that they made the best decisions with the information that they had as most elected officials do. The additional 80 connections requested that are for for two proposed developments that comply with the township zoning ordinance. These developments have not been approved by this board. We have asked for them to hold off pending resolution of this issue. That brings us to today. The city manager asked that the township address stormwater management. The township has recognized this problem after the flood of 2017. We have invested in stormwater remediation. Wal- Waldo Intercounty Drain on the east side of our township is finishing up this year. It has been a 2 to 3 year project that installed 20.58 miles of drain in both Bay County and Larkin Township. miles are in Larkin Township alone. We have petitioned the Visgar drain on the west side of the township. It will run along Perrin, Meyer, Sturgeon, and part of Blackhurst Road. It is pending Eagle permitting right now. The Clark drain that goes through the northwest corner that goes through Larkin Hope was finished this spring. Now that the Waldo drain is complete, we have begun plans to improve drainage for the Wascovich, Whispering Pines, and Woodland estate subdivisions. Previously, there was not an outlet for this water. The Waldo drain has provided that outlet. These questions were not asked or we would have provided this information. Looking at the memorandum from the city manager that he sent to you, I see several points that answer the core question the township has has had up to this point. What does the city want? The city manager talks about changes to land use policies, development plans, storm water management, and a need for more specific engineering plans. These and more are all items that the township is willing to discuss in detail. What I'm asking for you today, from you today is for the city t- staff to continue discussions with the township and to specifically give us a proposal listing what the city wants to make this happen. We recently had the privilege of working with Bart, a city parks employee, He was giving us suggestions on how to maintain our park. We were thrilled with his willingness to help. After we thanked him, he said, hey, we all serve the same community. Let's work together for a solution. Very wise man. We're willing to work with you, but communication has to go both ways. We know what we need, but we need you to tell us what the city needs. At this time, I would like to ask Bob Wolf uh, Midland County health department health and environmental department, correct? (laughs) To come and speak a little bit about the water quality in Larkin township. As Brad said, the sea of brine below us is both a blessing and a curse. Okay. Thank you. You're
13: you're welcome. Thank you, Maria.
10: You're welcome.
13: Okay. I'm not going to take too much of the council's time, but, um, I've worked for the, the county health department uh, for the last 20 years, 20-plus 20 years, and um, Larkin Township uh, has been my assignment for the last 20 years, plus a few other uh, townships within Midland County. But Larkin Township, you know, is primarily a, a rural area uh, that has a mixed of hou- mixed housing developments, has a little bit of agriculture, has a lot of small businesses, actually, that are just developing right now. Um, the housing developments um, in Larkin Township are still primarily on the south side of the, uh, the township, and they tend to be more upscale type of uh, housing community um, projects. And, um, and, again, they've been growing in the southern section of the township over the last 20-plus years. Okay, before When I came on board, the only thing that was there was like Sturgeon Woods subdivision. All the other stuff has been developed since that. Wascovich and some of the other subdivisions the older stuff in Pine Hollow has been there But all the rest of it's pretty much new and I know Brad you've talked about kind of all that urban sprawl That's kind of going out growing out in that area But if we look at growth um, As the county if we if we look at the whole picture uh, Midland County as a whole and the growth that's happening in the city of Midland and the growth primarily that's happening in the county happens to be one of the favorite spots of individuals It happens to be in Larkin Township because Larkin Township um, has, has larger lots on it primarily it, again it's a little bit more upscaled um, type of living environment it's attractive uh, to individuals that, that are looking for something close to shopping um, plus it's close to you know an improved highway system and all that stuff supports local businesses and the the big business center is here in in the city so that's that's good so the problems that I see uh, with the continued growth in Larkin Township uh, as a health inspector that is is lack of a good drinking water source and when Maria invited me to to come and talk on kinda behalf of the the township and and advocate for the township um, I, I can truly say that the water, the well water in Larkin Township, if individuals have to go with well water, it it's not good. Um, the good well water happens to be on the southeastern part of the county and the south extreme, um, I'm sorry, the northeastern part of the county. Um, but where's all the development? It's all on the, the south side of the county, about the first two or three sections in from the city of midland but really what the the problem is is um, even though that some they could get some good drinking water at about 360 feet down or so there's also a good chance of getting salt water a very good chance of getting salt water and we had Dow Chemical here for for a reason. They were doing chlorine chemistry, you know, uh, <laughs> before, right up until about 30 years ago or so. Um, but but anyhow, um, generally, the southeast lower and the southeastern upper sections of, of the township don't really have many issues of drilling acceptable wells for, for good water. That's why municipal water is kind of the best solution, actually, for them. So... So what, what's really the problem? Salt water is being per, starting to be uh, detected into previously good wells. So the, the salt is kind of moving from the western part of the township on over to the eastern part of the township. So the people that have good wells over in the eastern part of the township now are at risk for having not-so-good wells or developing salty wells, which is not a good thing either, right? So where does this kind of all, all leave us? So continued growth in uh, the county and the city was kind of inevitable as a whole. Um, we have good schools here. Um, there are many opportunities for businesses. Uh, sounds like the DPW, the water treatment plant, definitely has capacity to continue to sell taps out in that area. Um, I'm not sure if there's any infrastructure issues that uh, Larkin Township has to deal with to get more capacity out there I mean that wasn't discussed at all tonight but um, I feel if uh, speaking from a health department perspective if if we're going to see increased growth in Larkin Township um, there needs to be suitable drinking water there because the well water is not it, it, it's, it's not an, att- an attractive alternative at this point Okay. Thank you.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. Is there any other comments from your group?
12: Any one more comments? Sure. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to us tonight. Um, we ask that you grant the additional water taps request. If not, please direct the city staff to give us the direction that they want uh, for further. Uh, water taps. We appreciate your time and, and
8: efforts tonight. Great, Great.
12: thank can you. I ask you
10: a
8: question? Sure, sure. Ms. Sandoz, would you mind
12: telling me if you know
4: what's been the change in population of Larkin Township over the last 30 years?
12: I can tell you the last census. The first census, the census in um, 2010, was just shy of 5,000 people. The census in 2020 is just over 5,000 people, about 5,200 people.
4: Okay, Um, and what's the millage, the current millage in Larkin Township?
12: 2%, two mills rather, I'm sorry, two mills. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Any other questions? No, but if
1: we have some, we know where to find you. Yeah, you do,
12: (laughs) thank (laughs) you. you. I think there's a couple people in the audience that wanted to make some comments too. Yes. Okay.
1: All right, so are there any comments from the public? Okay, please come up, state your name and address.
0: Can't get far without my cheaters here. <laughs> uh, my name's Kelly Wall, I'm the owner of Greystone Homes in, uh, in Midland, we're a Midland-based builder, so our offices are, are in Midland. I'm a Can builder and also a developer. Can you
1: tell me your address?
0: Uh, 3399 Greystone Place. So I live in in Larkin Township. Okay. We are a developer. We have currently a condo development known as, as Forest Ridge um, off of off of Dublin. The last uh, two and a half years, we have sold 24 condos there. They're some of the most beautiful and affordable um, condos uh, currently available in in the city of Midland. We also have in the city of Midland a uh, uh, 32 lot subdivision known as Greystone Woods, off of uh, Wackerly and uh, and uh, Trail Ridge uh, by by Powderhorn, if you if you're familiar with that, or Foxfire, if you're familiar with that. Um, we're proud of that subdivision. Most of those lots in there are half an acre to to one acre. We just completed a, uh, a development in, in Larkin Township and uh, that was a 19 lot uh, development. I guess there, there is a lot or two to develop there, but those are, are one to two acres. And typically when we're building in, in Larkin Township, it is, uh, it was, it is more on, along the lines of two, two to three acres. There are, Midland attracts a, a lot of buyers. So we have uh, buyers that are coming in from certainly outside of the area, but we also have have uh, local buyers. And for some of those buyers, what's most important is all of the city amenities that, that the City of Midland has, has to offer, including city water, city sewer, schools, all those things. But for some of those buyers, um, land is, is important and they are looking for more acreage than we can reasonably provide in the City of Midland. It is, it is very hard for me as a developer to provide three-acre type lots in, in the city of, of Midland. Just uh, extremely hard to do. Um, moreover, uh, you know, we, we've heard a lot tonight about the kind of the city of Midland versus Larkin. <clears throat> I, I think we're doing ourselves a disservice if we, if we frame it that way. It really is not the city of Midland ver, versus Larkin. Uh, there are a number of competing townships, so if this buyer cannot find uh, what he is looking for in the city of Midland or in in Larkin Township uh, because maybe uh, city water is not av- available there, there are plenty of townships Williams uh, totbuasi Saginaw where where those resources are 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 essentially free for the taking they they are available there without any any kind of uh, any kind of uh, disagreement. <laughs> um, moreover, I think that we we also forget that Larkin residents bring tax dollars into into our county. They certainly bring school aged children into our into our county um, and in our in our wonder, wonderful school systems. They bring patronage to to our businesses. So it is it's not a pitting of Larkin Township versus versus the uh, versus the city of Midland. Um, I wanted to address three specific points. One is uh, has to do with the development density, and I know that was part of the urban or part of the uh, the cooperation agreement. And essentially, what was asked for in that cooperation agreement is the development would uh, take place. The water taps were spread equally across the the second sections. Um, From a developer's point of view, that is almost impossible to make work. So as a developer, I have my eye on a few pieces of land in Larkin Township, a few pieces of land that work for my purposes, because it's not just city water that I'm trying to satisfy. There are requirements that the state issues, particularly around, and, and Bob will attest to this, but particularly around septic systems, that not all of Larkin Township works. In fact, most of Larkin Township does not work. Wetlands or water being very close to, to the surface preclude those areas from being workable for, for septic systems. So it's not feasible to say we're going to spread these water taps out through equally across, across the township and that's going, that's going to work. It, it, it doesn't work. Um, recently, I, I, I purchased some land in Tent is to develop it into approximately, it's in Larkin Township. We, again, we already have a, a community or several communities going within the city of Midland, but the plan is for these to be three acre types types of, uh, of, of lots. Um, and they will meet, this particular land meets the septic requirements. I would guess that for a development, probably easily 75% of Larkin Township does not meet that septic system requirement. Um, it's, a, it's a very stringent, very hard requirement to uh, to meet.
1: Can I ask a question? Yeah, about, yeah go ahead, so you please. you seem to know something about septics, not my, I, not my I do, thing?
0: I do. I would defer probably to Mr. Wolf there, who knows a lot more about septics so than I'm I do. So I'm just curious,
1: so if you have a well, and you have a septic, are you yeah. more apt to be a little bit more prudent with your water so you don't overrun your septic? Then if you get city water, then we're gonna have overrun septics?
0: Um, Maybe, but not all that water that's used goes into your septic, a lot of it might be used for for, uh, yard watering, yard irrigation or or, or something like that, but certainly that's a consideration. You also, in the placement of those, have to be very considerate, very conscious of where your neighbor's septic and well are, meaning that I cannot place my septic system, even though it might be on my lot, I cannot place it next to my neighbor's well for fear of, of contamination. So there, there is a lot of engineering, a lot of uh, work by the, by the health department that goes on to make sure that those t- are, don't interfere with, with each other.
1: Okay. Thanks.
0: So I'll tell you, just as we consider, I, I told you we're, we're buying this acreage, um, it, it's in Larkin and, and one way or another, we will make it work. We're really hoping that the city of, of Midland, that that water will be available. But uh, again, that, that's not the only option. There, there, are, there are community water projects that will bring that water where we would drill three or four or five wells and treat that water ourselves to be able to, to supply our, our own little, little uh, development there. And then there's always the option of individual wells for, for those, those lots. Not, not the options i, I, I prefer our, our better option the most attractive option for trying to welcome somebody into this area would be city of water our city of midland water but but certainly there are other options to 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 make it work and then in the back of our minds we have to remember that there are these this multitude of other townships and other communities that will welcome these residents with with open arms and and give them the city water that that they probably probably are, are looking for. I appreciate the time. Good. thank you.
1: Thank you. All right, any other comments?
8: David Rapana, 16, Plan Haven Circle, Midland. Um, I agree with everything Kelly just said. Um, I just wanna put some stuff up here. Um, and I'll take a second for it to go on. My bad, my bad. And I wanted to say before I start, uh, it was a great report the city put out. I'm not sure if Brad did it. If, I don't know where it came from. Great report. I'm glad I live in a city where we can come up with the history that that report had, because I learned a whole bunch of stuff and I thought I was pretty knowledgeable on infrastructure in Midland. Um, so that was a great report. One issue. And the report that I take major, major offense with, and it was the comment about the growth in Larkin Township has not helped the city. I live in the city. My kids went to the Midland Public Schools. I support the businesses in the city. I'm just going to break this down. i got a whole bunch of sheets here to talk about. But this is the first one. In Larkin Township, we see larger homes than we do in the city of Midland. Everybody knows that. I have chosen a house that is assessed at $550,000. And I was told this week that I am actually under reporting the township. But I wanted to be conservative. I didn't want anybody here to say I was blowing out bad numbers because I hate that. On a $550,000 house in Larkin Township, these are the taxes verified this week that are paid to different entities on that house. We start with the Midland County road millage, of which on one home, three hundred nineteen dollars goes to the city for thirty one goes to the county. Sorry, county seat. Yeah, C- just a little bit. Dave, you, you can, can slide the sheet down
11: the back so we can see the top of it.
8: Oh, sorry about that. My bad. No okay. <coughs> county senior citizens. I think everybody in this city loves our senior citizens. Two thirty three to that. County ambulance. One fifty one. County Central Dispatch, 193. County Mosquito, 110. County Public Transportation, 50. County Operating, 1346. And here we get at some really big ones. Midland Public School Debt, 811. Midland ESA, 736. Delta College, 562. Those aren't township issues, those are city resident issues.
1: Okay, wait, can I? I got to get some clarity on yeah. this because I've used this somewhat of an example. Yeah. So, one, these are voter millages, correct? Yeah. These, are, these are what people have voted that they yes. want. Yes. So, this is money that you're saying comes off of a what? F- the tax bill. on the tax bill that citizens voted that they wanted to pay. So that, but that's money that is going-
8: Current millages.
1: Current millages that's going across the county.
8: If Kelly- Across the county. If Kelly builds a house- Right, and so
1: people in Midland pay those same things also. And Midland people benefit from those things, as does county people benefit from those things. And I
8: think too, if you ask most residents of Midland, they don't have a distinction between the city of Midland and Larkin Township.
1: I don't disagree. Okay. I don't disagree. But none of that money comes to the city to pay for any of the city costs, okay. such as downtown, circle,
8: I get it. roads. You're representing I, the city. I, yeah, I
1: just want I mean, to make clear you, on that.
8: You, yeah, that's true. You're representing. Sewer
1: wastewater.
8: You're right. representing, well, the water department gets a fee, so that's okay. not, that's water okay. and wastewater. But you're sitting representing the municipality.
1: Yeah.
8: The people that vote you in are city residents. It's correct. The city residents, all—if you took a poll out there in the city of Midland, these would pass 95 percent. I want to make that distinction. The people of the city love it when they see a tax bill on Larkin Township and say, "That big sucker's paying that much. Go get him." Okay? Mm -hmm. And I've underscored a lot of this. They're bigger. A lot of these are larger houses. So that's the first thing. Here's one that I have been speaking to for years. Our schools, anybody that follows school board issues in Midland knows Mm -hmm. we've had an enrollment issue and a funding issue the last 10 years. Anybody that follows it knows that. Larkin Township houses are usually three at the minimum, mostly four and five bedroom houses. More kids per house in Larkin Township than the apartments and the condos in the city of Midland. I just did, I'm I'm gonna speak to a subdivision here in a second, but Kelly and I have parcels that we would like to develop in Larkin Township. They're gonna be gorgeous. The one that I have is 30 proposed gorgeous big lots. I just said, on average, let's just say there's two students per house. And again, I was told that I'm below average. Let's just take two. 30 homes is 60 students. Called up the school board, $9,208 is the current state funding per student. This year, 60 students would be $552,480 for the Midland Public Schools. I think everybody in the city needs to understand that math. I am actually surprised there isn't a representative here tonight from the school board, because this affects them almost more than anything, their funding. And as somebody who has seen all the arguments, all the debates, all the battles, all the legacy cost increases that the school, our schools are facing, this directly supports them. Other thing I want to speak to are jobs. The people that live in the city of Midland are a lot of the people that help build the houses in Larkin Township. Those are not township residents, they're city residents the drywallers, the framers, the cement guys, the suppliers that supply us all our material. Here's another one. Earlier tonight, and I don't disagree with them, there's a major, major sanitary se- sewer issue that is going on in this town. I will say again, I'm not against the vote, it's a tough vote, but we do have a contentious issue in the city. Larkin Township doesn't contribute to the sanitary sewer issues in the city of Midland. So let's speak to that. The other thing I'm gonna say is I didn't realize this was a six year issue. Because basically the lack of this agreement has basically helped Freeland, Michigan. All you've got to do is drive down Sarlo Road in Freeland, Michigan, and I think you all should do that. Look at all the big houses that have been built over there. Look at why the Freeland Public School system is growing dramatically. That could half of that could have been in Midland. See I did, I actually honestly thought this was a 3-year issue. When I heard 6 years, that really got okay, my blood okay, flowing. Okay, I'm
1: going to I want to clear this up. Yeah. Because it has been going on for a while. It was going on before Mr. K was in this role, yes it has. And we've actually said to him, it's not that he has not been on cooperative, we said, what do they want? What are they willing to offer? That's what we've been waiting for. We've had a few cancellations of this meeting. So this isn't, uh, okay. he said, she said. So let's be clear, what well, well, we're working on I'm
8: it. not getting into the he said, she said. I think the whole city should have been like, hey, six years, let's get this going, both sides. I think the school board should have been involved in it. I think businesses should have been involved in it. I think the Dow Chemical Company should have been involved in it. Because let's just go back to some history. When Dow bought Union Carbide, after the fact, Dow was disappointed in how it turned out. We didn't get the employee transfers we thought we were going to get. Okay, we we had a brain drain, they called it, publicly. They didn't find the lifestyle. They They wanted to stay in Danbury. It was lifestyle, it was this or that. We've done things in Midland to try to help the lifestyle. And I, we all know what they are. Downtown, we've done a lot of cool things. Country Club, Dow Diamond, all these other things that are going on. We're trying to help the lifestyle. They also said they could not find suitable housing in Midland for what they owned in Danbury, Connecticut. Very expensive market. We heard that. We know, we know that. Okay? So that's one comment. I'm going to put this up. The current market has currently has an inadequate supply. This is just the general Midland market. We're not saying Larkin Town, we're just talking about Midland, Michigan. We have a current inadequate supply of large home sites, large family-style housing. Most city residential development has been multifamily, condos, government-subsidized, or medium-sized homes. And it's, it all works, I'm, don't, I'm not knocking any of that. Mm-hmm. I participate in some of that. What I'm saying though, it is very, and Kelly spoke to this, it's very hard to build a large lot in the city because to meet city code, we gotta have curb, sanitary, storm, water, all kinds of requirements. Yes, I, we do those. <laughs> you can't have huge lots and you do that because the lots would have to sell for $200,000 to make that work. So Larkin Township has a lot of frontage lots, it's got open ditch lots, it's got ways to keep the big acreage lots somewhat affordable to allow those people to do what they're doing another thing is and we've heard this I've heard this the last three meetings a lot of the city land is containing wetlands bad for flooding and bad for the cost of the development meaning it's hard to run roads around there's a lot of a lot of curb without houses on them also that is in you know wetland areas currently after the flood there's a stigma right now on people are asking the question did it flood has it flooded that's a number one question they're asking the Realtors if they're looking at stuff a lot of the stuff that's being approved is is definitely some of it is is, is in those areas and here's what I'm gonna say and this speaks to it we all want growth in Midland. This last one is a big one for me. Currently, almost every large employer in Midland is talking about or actually doing some form of growth. I don't care if it's Corteva, Dow, Hemlock Semiconductor, KSS, the Mid Michigan Hospital. There's I, I know three or four other companies too, IFF. There there are everybody is looking to grow. The question I hear from all of them and I get called on this cuz There are a lot of people that call me for to ask questions on availability and stuff. They don't know where they're going to put the employees they want to bring to Midland. Our current, our current apartment stock is pretty darn full. Try to buy a house in Midland right now. It's very difficult. We don't have an oversupply of housing. If these companies all grow and it's coming, they, they got good stuff in the works. Where are we gonna put them? And I am tired of sending them to Freeland and Auburn. Does nothing for Midland. That's the second thing. Um, and just the last thing I'll say, I just wrote this down before I came here. If Midland and Midland County stop or slow down growth, businesses, government budgets, and companies will all suffer. Okay, That's, there's nothing that won't suffer. Costs are going up. If you stop if you slow down growth city budgets tax rolls you had a tax study on how to get more tax revenue in the city I was at it growth they said downtown all growth helps everything if school enrollment stops growing or stays flat budgets will suffer due to ever-increasing legacy costs such as pensions and health care costs that goes up about 1% every year if the enrollment funding from the state does not keep up with that we're going to cut things in Midland and I don't I'm tired of that everybody's tired of that we want our schools to be awesome and uh, I guess that's about it I don't want to be long-winded as somebody told me today so anyway um, I just this issue has to be and I've said this for a couple of years the city Tell them what you want get it done. It's not rocket science. Get what you need the township. I know they're willing to talk Let's get it so that we can just keep moving forward keep growing And do not speak as if Larkin Township somehow is the enemy of the city and vice versa I have got a lot of family members. I have got a ton of friends that live in Larkin Township It's one it's one area, so Thank you, and have a great night.
1: And, Mr. Ponce, I'll agree with you. We, most people think this is all Midland, just like, yeah. you know. I mean, and at the end of the day, we are we all are Midland.
8: all in this together. We
1: are. Yeah. And we need to make sure we find a way that this works for everyone.
8: And I would hope sooner than later. I hear you. Because if you go to Sarl Road, they just put in 100 lots. They didn't put those lots in for Saginaw County growth. Those lots were put in for one reason. I understand. Reason. Midland County expansion, and they know there's nothing here to service them. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Any other public comment?
14: Yeah, I'll talk to them. Uh, John Elson, 6106 Sturgeon Creek Parkway. I mean, it's interesting listening to two developers and what they want and how they look at this. I agree that Larkin Township and Midland are close. We're right next door to each other. We have friends and all that stuff. I agree with that. But when we do, when we let developers run our business, we're in trouble too. I mean, he has his own agenda to make money on these on these properties he has. However, I don't see many developers come back later and say, hey, we we uh, screwed up. We put you in, a, in an area where you're gonna get flooded. Or, or they don't really care about the people that bought properties 40 years ago and are now getting flooded. So this is an issue that if we plan properly and we use right engineering techniques where we actually can retain water, like I said before, it's about 350,000 gallons per every acre foot of water. We fill in one acre. We've got 350,000 gallons of water that's got to go someplace else. And even though they have the condos down there on, um, on uh, Sturgeon road, I mean they must have filled in three feet of of area back there that if Sturgeon Creek were to flood over it would have occupied all that area so I mean these guys are talking about their book and their book is to make money selling properties building houses and that's all good and fine but I don't see them saying hey here's a hundred acres where we're going to build a mini lake to take some of the pressure off Sturgeon Creek or or anything else they don't really talk about how they're going to help the people that already live here in Midland or I mean it's, if it's wetlands and they're not usable why can't we do something with that and make it that and the people are, are in Larkin Township I mean they don't this this water flowing to Midland this is coming down Sturgeon Creek Inman drain snake drain whatever drain you want all those drains are running into Midland and they're running into Moorland and every other area in inside the city and who's suffering not the people of Larkin Township, the people in Midland. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Okay, any other public comment?
14: I know who you are. I know
8: David Urpana, 16 Pine Haven Circle. Uh, first off, a lot of the water, storm water in Larkin Township, goes to the Waldo Drain, which goes east to Bay City. So that was an absolute misinformed statement. I thought Maria made a very good speech telling you about the drain district improvements done in Larkin Township. That water goes east. It doesn't go into the Sturgeon Creek. Some water in Larkin does. Do not sit here and say it all does because the majority of it doesn't. And that is what I hate when we got bad information in front of a city council meeting. So know what your facts are. If we are putting water in Sturgeon Creek, then, then build a damn bigger detention pond. I get it, but do not use scare tactics because Maria is absolutely right. The, the County Drain Commissioner did a great job with Bay County, did an intercounty county drain project, and most of the water in Larkin Township, Waskovich Woodland Estates, Diamond Drive, all that goes east, okay? So let's just talk about it. Second thing I'm just going to say is there was a note in there. Let's talk about bigger detention. This is a perfect example. I don't know if it's going to come up. I just want to show you something here. This is not hard to deal with. It's not coming up. It's
10: on the one back here. We'll take over here.
8: Okay. This is a proposed subdivision on the corner of Jefferson and Monroe. The detention is proposed there. We could come onto this lot and build a one acre detention area and we don't care. That's fine. We got the room for it. It's simple. We're willing to do it. So these, these, these scare tactics drive me crazy. We'll build the biggest de- diamond view farms has the largest detention pond in the city of Midland. We built it. Okay. This one here, if the engineers say and the township says, and somebody from the city says, Hey, We'd like to see a larger detention area. That's fine. Okay, we'll do it. Don't paint us as we're trying to to skirt the system and enhance flooding in Midland, Michigan. We're not. We're in this together, okay? But just know where the water goes in Larkin Township. That's all I want to say. Dave, before okay. you go, the detention pond, do you know how many of rain event
4: that is designed to hold?
8: This detention pond this subdivision has not been approved as they said, right doesn't have current engineering on it for that one. The streets are. Our detention pond is not finalized yet. I told my engineering firm recently, guys, I have a feeling we're gonna have to enhance our detention on this okay mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm here to tell you yeah. throw it th- I mean throw something realistic out realistic. We'll do it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. We're, we're not going to, we don't want something right. that doesn't work, okay? Because that's the other thing as developers go. We don't want to develop subdivisions where we have stormwater issues. That doesn't work. That, that doesn't work for any of us. Okay. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Yeah. yeah. Wait, I think she was up first, Mr. Johnson.
6: Hi, my name is Lisa Venturich. I'm the clerk in Larkin Township, but I'm here as a resident as opposed to the clerk. Um, First off, the Waldo drain now actually has white caps. We're flowing so much water out of our township into Bay County, so it's it's really working to drain the water. But I'm here to speak as someone who moved here 10 years ago. I've lived in Boston and I've lived in Toronto, and my husband moved here to work for Dow, and as a Dow executive, Impossible to find housing. Some are still honest I completely get it. We had one house to look at in Midland City, and it was not anything that we wanted. We were used to large homes. We had a pool in Toronto. We had, I think, two thousand square feet on our house. It was it was a huge house. And when we moved here, there was nothing. I mean, we looked forever to find a house, and our realtor took us to Larkin, and we loved it. But she's like, I am not showing you any house with well water you'll burn through your appliances, you'll burn through mostly appliances, washers, dryers, dishwasher, not dryers, washers, dishwashers, you're gonna be replacing them all the time because the well water is so hard on them. So when we took out well water, we took out well water houses, we were left with two. And we ended up buying a farm instead because I got five acres, but it was very, very hard. And I, as speaking as someone who's come from the city, a big city to Midland, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a big house. They're looking for a nice acreage and a fantastic community because that's what we have, where we've come from. And so anybody who's coming from Danbury, that's what they want. So it's important that we have city water so that our residents can have a good house and a good lifestyle, which they're used to. Okay,
10: good. Jim Johnson, 4712 Moreland Drive. I don't have any answers for all the data Mr. Rapano suggested. I'm gonna tell you, I've lived on Moreland Drive in two different houses since nineteen seventy nine, except for the couple years I went to Coral Gables, Florida with Dow. And we built the first house at four four o eight Moreland Drive. We were one of the first houses on Moreland Drive after you've put in the culvert on Moreland Drive. We lived there for about six years. We never had any problem with water. We lived right on the Inman Drain. It flowed through, got a little over the banks in the spring, but nothing major. When we came back, we built on the last lot at 4712 Moreland. In the meantime, we've developed all this property west of Dublin Drive. Now we've got a river in back of our house about two months out of the year in the spring before the ground thaws. Where did that water come from? The developments that have gone on west of the city without providing the infrastructure. When we lived the other place, I said we didn't have any water. When we came back, we had a little water. Now, 30 years later, Mr. Arnosky saw water standing in back of my house 10 months out of the year because they're changing the water table. You've got to take care of the water issues. You talk about nice developments. A few years ago, until they retired, the COO lived on one side of my lot, the CFO on the other side of my lot, and three doors down, Live the CEO. These are nice houses that you're making at high risk of floods. We flooded those houses. Our houses are being used as retention ponds because you won't handle the water issue. So to continue to allow development where it's gonna drain into the Inman drain, no matter if you have a holding pond. We have a holding pond in our neighborhood. What happened in 2000s? well, when it was built, Pat Blackhurst told me, oh, between the retention ponds and the streets, we can hold a 25-year flood. In 2017, the streets overran, went down some of the uh, cul-de-sacs, and flooded into people's homes. Fortunately, it didn't come into mine. Mine's a little higher. But if I look at my neighbors out there, you've got to address the water management issue before you approve anything else. Because we're in a floodplain, and the FDDP that you approved is going to add more water to a system that can't handle the water today. So think about that before you listen to the developers. Why don't you have them put a drain, like John Lynn suggested, which you guys got a copy of. Why don't you have the developers put a pipe down Dublin Road to the river and never have it come into our neighborhood. So there's lots of solutions, but nobody wants to listen. So look at the total water management issue in our part of town, because what you're doing is creating a situation that is undesirable and will end up significantly impacting the value of our homes, which for many people are the major development, major Asset they have in their portfolio.
1: Okay,
14: thank you. Uh, John Ellison, 6106 Dirty Creek Parkway. In rebuttal to Rapanos, who likes, who is a developer and he obviously has his own, his own agenda in life, I, I, I have to agree. Larkin Township, half of it goes towards Bay City, but the other half doesn't. If Jacobs Drain, which drains the mall area, goes right into Sturgeon Creek, just north of the expressway, or the, then Sturgeon Creek goes almost all the way up to Wixom Lake. Inman Drain is, it goes quite a bit north of of uh, the highway, uh, and uh, and that goes into Sturgeon Creek. Snake Drain runs through the city and goes into Sturgeon Creek, just north or I think just south of near their work near where the head enters the the river so yeah there are ways to develop there's no doubt we can all do we can all get our things together but we have to have some engineers that look at all these situations just not what the developers want us to see and not just what I want to see or somebody else wants to see there are ways to do it properly but you got to think about mitigating against all these risks that we're taking because hey if I were to build a house, where would I build it? I'd want to build it upstream. I don't want to build anything downstream because I've seen what happens downstream. This is not fear-mongering. This is just facts. What uh, the last gentleman just said, yeah, I mean, my neighbors have been here for a long time also, and they can tell you how many inches of water they have in their basement since they started doing it. They had none. Before 1986, they had one inch and 86. And and in 2017, they had a foot. And in 2020, they had a foot and a half. So they know things have changed. And there's not any doubt about that. And if there is any doubt about it, I think somebody ought to listen to the history of the people that actually live in these areas. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Kelly Wall, three three nine nine, Greystone Place. Um, just, just to share one, one, one fact. So all all new developments, uh, Mr. Arnoski asked a question about uh, uh, flood retention. All new developments have at least a hundred year uh, capacity, so they have a detention pond that's going to at least absorb a a water event, a rain event equal to a hundred year flood. So they're not designed uh, in. Absentia of, of engineering data. They're they're supposed to handle a a significant water event.
1: okay Thank you very much.
11: Madam Mayor, just to, in response yeah. to that, you may want to call up the city engineer later because that is not the, the development standard. So. Okay. Just for the record.
1: Okay. Later.
8: Fine. <laughs> David Rapano, sixteen Pine Haven Circle. Two other points I want to make, and I feel bad for the Moreland people. I do, and I spoke I spoke. In favor of them three weeks ago most of the problems from Moreland are city annexed developments they're not they're not the county township developments. they're city annexed you're speaking as if larkin township is your problem to it. which developments M-
3: Mr. Rapunzel, which it developments
8: in larkin township add to it don't make bold blanket statements those are city annexed issues but one thing That doesn't ever get spoken about that i think we should applaud and we're so lucky to have our dams are being rebuilt with modern standards okay there was just a report in the paper this week that the flow of the sanford dam is going to be so much better than the old one because the old one didn't work and this is going to be state-of-the-art i never hear anybody talk about the potential benefits of having a regulated dam that lowers water when we need to stores it when we need to the old dam did not the gates did not work okay so let's just put everything on the table okay i know they got issues on moorland i get that i support all the improvements i understand the 70 percent thing i don't know if they'll get there i hear both sides of that i get it but the moorland issue is years in the making it's largely city uh, city annexed developments Boulder Creek and some of the, you know, you just go out down that line, you know, that that are in the city. Um, And also, I'm a huge fan of what they're doing with our dams and I think that is gonna help the overall situation in this area. Thank you and have a great night.
1: Okay, thank you, you have a great night too. Any other comments? Okay, seeing none then you please read the resolution.
3: This resolution receives and files the city manager's report on a request from Larkin Township for additional water allocation under the Urban Cooperation Act agreement. Okay, can we
1: have a motion to accept the resolution?
11: If we don't have a motion, it doesn't go on the file. Right. So.
5: So
11: that's all it does is
1: go on file. But do it, do Wait, it, no. no.
11: Well, well, the recommendation addition. is simply receive and file, Files. which places it on the record that you've received the report, nothing more. It doesn't take action, it doesn't direct action. The next step would be, um, if you're ready this evening, would be, we put forward three options for you. If you like any of them or dislike them all or whatever the case might be, then now would be a point or the time to have that discussion, um, hopefully with some direction coming out as to where we go next with this but the receive and file doesn't take any action or take any position.
5: It does not. Okay, so we can receive and file it. Mm
11: -hmm.
5: I don't think we should approve it tonight.
1: Okay, So is that, wait, 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 so that is. I would
5: say I have questions before. Okay, so.
4: So We need to have some discussion. We
1: need to have some, we have to have a motion and a second to get it on the table to discuss it.
4: I'll move it.
5: Second.
1: Okay, now it's on the table.
5: All right, so can I ask my question? Absolutely. Okay, so Mr. K. Mm -hmm. for these additional connections, historically, and where are we today? With who pays for all the installation, the maintenance, all those kind of things? Are we the city paying for that without other, you know, and maintaining <coughs> that without
2: any?
11: So, so they are. City? Sorry, um, so they are part of the city system. So the users uh, or the. Uh, the the end-users, if you will, Um, the residents within Larkin Township pay the same fees um, to the city that the city pays. So you and I would pay the same fee that a Larkin Township resident would fee for water purposes based on volumes and so forth. Large improvements can be negotiated. Um, So for instance, the water tower uh, that was put out there, that's a different cost. um, And that is something that's directly attributable to Larkin, not necessary for city purposes, and so those would be a separate discussion item. But I don't think that
5: answered my question. They want 512 connections. Mm-hmm. Who does all the work to make that happen to make those available?
8: So,
11: it's a good question. And I don't know, I, I don't want to answer because I'm not 100% certain on that question. Um, I don't know if, if the city engineer is on that. I don't believe he's in front of that. I can get that one so back we, to you. Yeah, We've th- we And that's part of the, what we would say, we would want to look at an engineering analysis to make sure what is proposed, number one, and number two, what is necessary in order to achieve that. And then those discussions would flow from there. But I, I'll have to come back to you with that answer to be 100% sure. Okay. Can I, can I
2: ask a question? Just my takeaway from this discussion so far, having listened very carefully as pretty much a layperson. I'm a council person, but I am not an expert in storm sewers or so forth, but it sounds like Larkin is asking for, correct me if I'm wrong, they're asking for water, they need water. I understand well water, because I lived in Homer Township, it is very destructive to appliances and so forth. Um, it is, so I understand the need, and I understand the need for the properties for people to live here and and, and growth, I, but also they're offering something. I'm hearing that they're offering a retention for the storm water and so forth. Isn't that what we need? Why aren't we kind of already? Uh, I, think but I think we need to articul- articulate well, it seems whatever Well, like a we, reasonable yeah. exchange. You yeah. know, if they want water and we need your attention, it seems-
5: I think those are two separate issues, though, uh, because uh, until like uh, you
2: know,
1: I'm not sure it's separate issues, but okay, I, I, think, I think I I've think got, I've got it written down. I think that mm-hmm. warrants more conversation about what how that relates it to it.
5: Sounds
2: like.
1: Yeah.
5: So then, my next question oh, wait, is. Wait, I think Steve's no, question okay. was next. Okay, so my next thing is, you know, I think there needs to be a better process in place to ensure the commitments being made for connections are better managed than they have been in the past. And I understand you've been there since 2016 and all of that was before you, um, but we need to improve these processes.
4: Yeah, because I think this this conversation, you've kind of walked into a hornet's nest because it's not just about, as you've kind of heard, it's not just about these additional connections. I mean, some of it is because there's a question about whether the cost allocation method we've used is correct mm-hmm. or not. And so there's some of that mechanical stuff. But you go back to the basic initiation of this and why did we have the, the MUGA and why do we have these, these restrictions on it was about development.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And, you know, look, I looked in Larkin Township as for houses too because I considered Midland, the city of Midland and Larkin to be one and the same. I understood that if I went out there I would have to have a well and septic. Well, you know, that was a negative for me. It is, you know, I'd lived on wells and septics before and you know it's 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 not the preferred alternative. But that's the cost you pay for having the larger lots and the more rural lifestyle. But what's happened is it's it has, it's morphed into basically a suburb of the city. I mean they're they're nice homes out there for the most part, all the newer stuff is and it's kind of destroying that original premise about you know buying the five-acre farm is kind of what we kind of expected would happen. Uh, instead, you've got competing developments, and you know the question I asked, you know Dave Rapano's brought up all these taxes. The people in the city pay those same taxes, yeah. so those are a wash. What the difference is is between 14 mills or so from this if you live in the city, and two, two mills if city. you live in the township, and. Because we are all one, we're friends, as was pointed out, with people who live north of us, you benefit from that extra 12 mils. And so it's kind of gotten lopsided. Um, so now we get into, well, if you're going to be that way, if you're going to really it's become competitive, what services are you going to provide back to the city? And that's what you kind of asked for. Um, part of it is water. Water is our big headache right at the moment. But there's fire, there's roads, there's a lot of other stuff that could potentially be on the table uh, in terms of how we grow. But there's a lot of debate about the, and and I tend to be trying to stay pretty up on where things drain. And we're going to talk about it next because there's a property that's being proposed to be annexed from Larkin Township at the corner of Jefferson and Commerce. And guess where that stormwater goes? It doesn't go to Waldo; it goes to Sturgeon. And so I'm not sure where that dividing line is, somewhere between Jefferson and Waldo. But everything, for sure, west of Waldo, or excuse me, west of Jefferson, is going to the Sturgeon Creek. And that's, so that includes does basically it
5: go directly, or does it go through Jacobs Drain?
4: It, gets in, it runs into J. We'll look at it because, well, I don't. It's probably not part of the presentation, mm-hmm. but that's one of the reasons why I want it pulled. Mm-hmm. It goes that direction. So does if you've ever walked the city forest, there's a nice little creek that runs through there. That goes into Sturgeon Creek. All that stuff pretty much from that way west runs into Sturgeon Creek. And so you can think about the developments along Sturgeon, along Eastman, you know, and, and even along Jefferson, those drain. And as was Mr. Elson pointed out, every time you put a house on there, you got water that runs off. And instead of and then if you put a instead of substituting a well for city water, you're not pumping water out of the ground and letting it seep back in. You're now pumping water from the city of Midland up there. That water's on top of everything else, so it, it becomes additional water that you're pumping up into that area of the city of, of the county. So that water's got to go somewhere. So you know they're worried about footing drain disconnects and the little bitty pumps that that causes. If you're pumping up city water pressure into hundreds, of, you know, of houses, that's a lot of extra water that's got to go somewhere. It doesn't just evaporate it goes somewhere um and it where it goes is the natural flow um so yeah we could these are all things My guess my point is look i i think there's there's some accommodation that could that could potentially be made with additional water connections but there's a lot of stuff we need and a lot of considerations that part of this discussion should probably continue because it could be mutual
1: I think that, you know, given our options, unlike a, just a carte blanche, yep, we're going to give you what we ask. That's not going to happen. No, I don't think any of us are in favor of that. No. And we're not going to deny it. I don't think we'll deny it in full either because I do think there's mutual benefit to us in this. I mean, we are, you know, we are Midland. We are bigger than the city. But we, I mean, there are a lot of things that we offer that, you know, we are the city for Larkin, you know, and. That is, to add, we do that We do that with no, you know, reimbursement for that. And we, you know, we get, you know, criticism about not having enough stuff downtown, how do we do that? And we're always working on that. And, and Larkin isn't paying any of that, you know, for us. And so there's lots of things that we do as a community uh, that I think, um, you know, bring benefit uh, certainly to all of us in Midland County. Um, Certainly (laughs) jobs are, I mean, we talk about being a city of choice all the time. You know, being a place where people want to live and, and, you know, businesses want to locate. So that, I mean, that's what people want. They want to live in a vibrant place. And we say, what do you want your community to be? We want it to be vibrant. Well, you know, it takes a lot of money and it takes people to make that happen. So I think we need to figure out how to do that in a little bit better way. So there might be a lot of things we're going to need from you to move forward with this. But I think that says to us, we need to direct our staff to start, you know, we have to have some more discussions on this. What is it we need? We have a, you know, we have a study that's being done by the MBA, we have a study that's being done by the Corps of Engineers. We know that that's going to take two years. And they're going to, you know, they're going to give us a lot of information and we're going to have to figure out how to pay for that and how to get it done. And maybe we can all work together to make that happens, happen. So I think, you know, I think we should, you know, take this, move ahead. Um, and start having you know conversations, Those
5: discussions, mm-hmm.
1: exactly. On, I mean, because we we talk about. I just want to say, you know, we did a housing study. Our housing is deteriorating. People do want to live in big houses. They want to be live in a big house out in Larkin. But you know what? It's a great to live in Midland. So they have their nice little rental. They don't invest in that. You know, they're investing in their big house. And so we have some deteriorating deteriorating areas of town. And that's really important that that doesn't happen, because you know Saginaw. That's exactly what happened you know, to them. People moved out of Saginaw. They had 80,000 people who lived there. Now they have 40-some thousand maybe taking care of managing, you know, 80,000 people's worth of infrastructure. So we need to really try and figure this out um, so we don't deteriorate as a community either because that would be a worse problem, I think, for all of us. So it's just about figuring out how we work together. Mm -hmm. So the direction is
5: to move forward. And have more discussion
1: and start conversations and articulating what it is we need and what it is you need and that needs to and we'll start those conversations
4: but i think it is it is you know a lot of it's focused on the water and the drainage aspect because yes. that's creating a, a direct he- headache for us but you know it's not limited to that right you know i threw out fire because look I don't know how many times That's I've true, heard true. our fire department goes on calls to assist the, the you know one nice nice homes in Larkin burn, you know, uh, and you know there's talk of additional fire stations in Midland. Well. Right. And Maybe there's an opportunity.
1: Right. And that's how I think, you know, we're in the process of doing a master plan. You know, it takes time to get all those new ordinances in place. And I think it's about saying, hey, oh, I hear and I heard Mr. Rapana say, okay, I need a bigger detention plan. Pond, tell me. We'll do it. I think that that's something that yeah. you know we need to say, well, you know, we don't have it exactly in place, but really here's where it is we're gonna go and we're not gonna approve some things until we know we can be there. So we're all for moving forward with this, with conversation. Do you want more direction from
11: us? No, I think that's fine. So if I may just make a comment, sort of, uh, so Maria in particular, but other township officials, we've been talking, this has been a cooperative uh, back and forth. um, Notwithstanding, we have to kind of put the unvarnished truth in front of you tonight, both from her perspective and from mine. And I think we all understand that. But the conversations have been good and the understanding's been good. And I know uh, Maria has asked before about saying, what do you want? And I'm saying, I don't even know if you as a council are on board to opening up more water. What I'm hearing this evening is the option, at least, is there, following discussion, so that gives me the direction that I need now to go back with them and work on details to come back to you with something.
1: Right, because it is about managing growth mm-hmm. yep. and what that growth looks like mm-hmm. and how that benefits all of us.
11: Right. Yep.
1: All right.
11: Yeah, and, and the thing, too, if I may add one extra comment, there's, there's a lot of good that goes back and forth between the township, and Steve mentioned, sorry, Councilman Arnoski mentioned fire. Um, and we have the cooperative agreements back and forth, and the township has served us at times, and we, of course, serve them at times. And those are the types of arrangements where sometimes they're more lopsided than others, sometimes it goes the other way. But I think at the same time, those are things that are all reasonably reasonable excuse me, to look at now to say, are we on good stead? And again, we can have those discussions now that I know that it, at least the four of you are on board with that and, and continuing those discussions.
1: Okay, I could just I just do have one other thing I want to just clear up because because, you know, we do not have a city tax and we do not have a sales tax. So, you know, our our revenue comes from property tax. So Larkin's property tax does not impact us. I mean now you come and you buy in the stores and you you know, you give to churches, you donate hopefully to you know to other things, but we don't get a direct tax have a direct tax impact from folks in, in Larkin. It's just it's so they don't impact our tax base, but hope, but it does enhance our quality of life. So, I just needed to clear that up because I heard tax mentioned, and it's,
6: mm-hmm. y- you
1: know, it's not we're not Florida, where the people pays tax and sales tax supports the city. We are supported by property tax alone. So, I think that that's important to understand how that works. Mm-hmm. Okay.
15: So we have a vote.
1: Pardon? Yep, yeah, we're ready we need to vote. A vote? Mm-hmm.
8: You still have a motion for the receiving file. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah I move it. Or Diane moved in I second. Second, yep, yeah. 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 so it's yeah, moved all second.
1: All right. Then are we ready to vote? Mm-hmm. All right. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. That passes 4-0. Okay. Well that was good discussion. So, so well, now
2: I'll
1: be in touch. <laughs> all right, that takes us now down to item um, number five, which has to do with the annexation of property on Jefferson. Mr. Kane, that's you.
16: Thank you, Mayor Docker. Uh, Good evening. I don't have a presentation prepared on this item, as I wasn't expecting it to come off of consent, but I can provide a brief overview if it's helpful to council.
1: Okay.
16: Please. Essentially, the request before you tonight is an annexation petition from Cobblestone uh, Construction that has purchased two acres of land adjacent to the Ironleaf development. This is on the northwest corner of Commerce Drive and Jefferson, the uh, property currently contains a vacant single-family dwelling that has a couple of uh, detached outbuildings associated with it. The developer's intent is to include a part of this parcel in a future phase of the Iron Leaf development um, that they are planning um, that would be immediately to the west of the subject property. Um, so this petition comes before you under the terms of the Urban Cooperation Agreements that we spent some time already tonight talking about uh, and has already been approved by the um, the Larkin Township Board, and so it comes before you tonight uh, to reciprocate under the agreement.
1: Okay. So, any questions? I have a question. So,
16: if it's it's then we have
5: what, one to two years before it has to be zoned?
16: Per the city zoning or, ordinance, yep. uh, it does call for uh, that zoning to take place within two years, and until that time, township zoning continues to remain in effect. Okay. Which is currently. Hold on. <laughs>
5: What is the zoning from the or from Larkin? I
11: don't
4: think it says. Oh. It doesn't not, say it's not likely in there, but oh, yeah. okay. <clears throat> yeah, and so I, I brought it up for that reason. It's kind of like okay, we're again along the same lines mm-hmm. of the discussion we've been having for the last hour and a half. Um, at what point, with respect to annexing this property, do we deal with how do we how are we going to? Deal with the, the sewer and the uh, you know, sanitary sewer and the water um, issues. And you know we're going to have this point, we're going to have another point, which is kind of like what we're t- talking about in the next item, I think, or whatever. But um, where, do we, where do we sort of put a control in, in terms of how much runoff there is or how much retention? It sounds like you're going to take a single family dwelling, expand it to multifamily, or, or at least a more highly dense. Uh, residential development and <clears throat> what's, when are we going to apply a more stringent stormwater management system to these new properties? Is this the time do we, do we request that, it, that that be put in place before it gets annexed or the next stage? We don't seem to have anything in place and that's why I wanted to pull that off because we need to start thinking about when are we going to stop the way we're doing things which is clearly adding on additional development to the city. So
5: I have a question though, in, on top of that, but okay. can we actually do that until it goes through the zoning? Because we don't know what the zoning no. plan is. So, you know, is it at the time of, you know, and honestly, I think it's at the time of the site plan
16: when that comes forth, So, I isn't would, that when we review? I would suggest looking at the criteria that are associated with each stage of the process so typically under the annexation process, this is mutual agreement under the Urban Cooperation Act. It's a consent-based process. It's meant to, if, if someone petitions they're within the MUGA, they're meant to get approval, generally speaking, from the two entities that are considering that request. The zoning process, there's specific zoning criteria, the 10 criteria that you all, I'm sure, enjoy hearing uh, responses to at every meeting. Um, those criteria generally don't apply to drainage. They talk about things like context, of the surrounding area what the master plan says about the type of development that is expected when you look at the criteria for a site plan review that's when you begin to see infrastructure questions things about drainage um, so in this case i would argue for instance we currently have development on this property there's not currently stormwater detention or retention on this site any development that does take place after annexation after rezoning after a site plan or conditional land use permit or whatever method of approval is ultimately requested after that's requested that will require stormwater management so in all likelihood we will see uh, i don't think we'll see a uh, deterioration of the drainage situation on the property we could likely see an improvement because of that added stormwater uh, requirements that will be imposed as part of the development picture this isn't raw vacant land um, so we would expect that that would be handled at that time um, again like back to the conversation from two weeks ago I would anticipate that it's a policy question about drainage. So the city has current drainage standards in the ordinance, both in the zoning ordinance to a limited extent, at least calls for when those items are to be considered. But then we have a separate stormwater management ordinance. If there's concerns about the strength of that stormwater management ordinance in whole, or in part as they apply to different parts of the city, then that's a, a separate policy question that's not really pertinent to the question of annexation, okay. which is just okay. essentially a jurisdictional boundary question that's handled under those urban cooperation agreements.
4: So we had already, I had already requested, I think the council supported, mm-hmm. you know, having this more stringent uh, stormwater uh, standards ordinance. My my thought here is, and this is why I raised it for this. I mean, I, this this annexation is a small piece, but it kind of wanted to really bring up the discussion about can you impose a bringing up the property up to the midland standard before it becomes annexed in other words can you do it at that stage say okay before you you will annex it in but you need to to uh, meet the city of midland groundwater standard before you annex it in And, you know, I, I understand the question. Right? Yeah. There's other right. things. That's I mean, it's, it's, a, where, I kind where of... Kind we, where do we do that? And, you know, and it brought... Yeah. it. You know, and, and Brad, you and I have had the junkyard discussion before. But, um, yeah. you know, we shouldn't have to annex just any piece of property. I mean, I don't want to annex in a junkyard without knowing it's a junkyard. I don't want to annex a nuclear waste the, the yeah. site, the waste site. Mm-hmm. You know, there should be some ability for us to require a cleanup before, even under the the MUGA rules, there should be some minimum threshold that has to be met before we have to actually accept that piece of property. And so that's kind of my line of thinking here is, you know, okay, where do we, can we do it that way is is the question.
11: I think where that question has to be, what you're talking about, where it has to be answered is in the actual urban cooperation agreement because the annexation process is set up to say that if a property owner wishes to transfer their property from the township to the city, both the city and the township have said that we will not oppose that and that we will allow it to come into the city. So in order to say, wait a minute, before we accept that, we want to put whatever standards is on that, we would have to look back to that agreement to see, number one, if there's any provisions that are there, which I don't believe there are, but number two, if we wanted to install those, we would actually have to renegotiate that agreement with the township. Okay, well then that'll bring us to the next, so that'll be the next agenda item.
5: The current discussions we're planning to have as part of all that homework.
11: Um, Well, that wasn't on my radar, I'll I'll say (laughs) that, (laughs) but it certainly could be if we Mm -hmm. have concerns that as we're annexing, as uh, Mr. Kane has said, it's predominantly a jurisdictional issue right now of does the township regulate it and develop it um, and put zoning on it or does the city do that? What the standards are once they develop again is down the line. um, And that's the same issue that we're going to have later tonight. It's not a zoning question, it's a development question that comes in the process. But so, you know, so okay. we we can look at that. Um, I don't know that there's right now. I don't know that there's an allowance for us to do so. I'll, I'll leave. It okay, that. I
4: guess so that you know, Jim wants to conf- Mr. Branson wants to confirm that we don't have any ability to refuse annexation under the M- Muga for any reason. If there's a request, we have to accept it. Okay. So for purposes of this agenda item, we can vote and move on. But I think right. I just wanted to. Mm-hmm. to start the process of thinking about how do, we, how do we go about changing the way we're doing things. So with that,
11: well, no further discussion. We'll add, it sounds like everybody, or it looks like you're all nodding your head on this, so we can add that to our discussion about should we or can we address that as we're talking about the rest of the issues with Larkin. It would ultimately have to be extended to the other urban cooperation agreements that we have if you wanted to expand it. But this obviously would be the correct time to start the discussion.
12: Can
1: we add that though to the annex to say, "Yep, we're going to annex you," but make sure you understand that we have, you know, wastewater management issues or water management issues on that property,
2: and we're going to we're
1: paying attention to that.
4: Yeah, isn't it? If we beef up our ordinance
11: Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And it just applies. And it just applies. So now
4: yeah. on day two, you may have to, even though, congratulations, you're part of the city of Midland, yeah. you now have to meet the standard on this piece of property. Yes. You still to annex?
11: Mm-hmm.
5: Well, that would be after it's in place. I know, but,
11: yeah. Yeah. Well, but that's, yeah. Councilman Arnoski correct. We've been directed to look at our stormwater ordinance, and if that were to be, could be incorporated into that, then that would become a standard. Whether we can do it or not is, it, is you, a tough Can on you
1: annex one? after you've been annexed?
11: No. No, there's no provision for the annexation. Yeah.
4: So, all right, this is a small piece of property. It's not going to have, you know, in and of itself, it's not going to be significant, but it does bring up the question.
5: But the other question I have is, how many other townships do we have this agreement with? Oh. And how many, we really don't have a lot of annexations in general. It's Larkin. Larkin yeah. and Homer.
11: Larkin and Homer. Homer. Yeah, Homer. Yeah, okay. But, but we have them with, I think, all of our surrounding townships in okay. place. So, so yeah.
5: Yeah. we want to be consistent with whatever we Promised, come up yeah. with. Yeah.
11: Right. yeah. Yep. All right, okay. so we will add that to our list, Jacob and I have some fun with that and see where we can go. So we read the resolution.
5: I don't remember now.
4: No, <laughs> no not yet. No, he just presented. <laughs> okay. We asked questions. Okay.
5: Okay.
1: So, all right, so, there, so we asked questions. Are there any comments from the public? Okay, We please read the um, resolution?
3: This resolution will approve the annexation request from Cobblestone Commercial Construction, LLC, for property located at 2025 North Jefferson Road. Can we have so, a moment? Okay, do we have a second?
2: Seriously? Yeah,
3: I'll second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're first and a second. Any more discussion on this? All right, then, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. <laughs> Passes, four zero. 0 Okay. Sean, I apologize. I wanted to call you Lacey, <laughs> and then I couldn't think of your name. I'm so sorry.
11: You guys are giving her a heck yep. of a first meeting. Yeah, so. <laughs> yes, you are. Thank you. Okay.
1: That takes us now down to item number six, which has to do with the City of Midlands Transportation Asset Management Plan, and Mr. Lemon is here to tell us about that.
9: Well, thank you, Mayor, members of council. Um, if you will recall back in May, uh, we were before you to award a contract to um, kind of develop and, and complete the city's transportation, transportation asset management plan. Um, that is something that is required by um, Public Act 325 uh, for submittal to the Transportation Asset Management Council. Um, The the deadline on that for submittal is October 1st of this year. Um, So we had a consultant um, come up with our asset management plan. Uh, Essentially, that is uh, a lot of an inventory of our existing uh, roadway system, our existing culvert and bridge system, uh, the conditions of those assets, and kind of a historical... um, data point for how we've been spending money on on them. Um, Is it working? Are we spending money in the right locations and on the right types of projects? Um, This has all gone into uh, this asset management plan. Um, It is is one piece of of data that will um, inform us as we move forward with our planning process and putting together our our CIP and our our plan for future projects. for for consideration on how we're spending our our existing funds. Um, Do we want to adjust those? Do we want to work on uh, focusing on different types of projects to to overall um, hopefully raise the condition of of all of our transportation assets? Um, So what you have before you tonight is uh, just a resolution to accept and file uh, this report as, as our Transportation Asset Management Plan um, to be submitted, um, and also for for you, Madam Mayor, to um, sign the acceptance of this plan for, for submittal uh, to the Transportation Asset Management Council. Okay.
1: Does anyone on council have any questions for Mr. Lemon?
4: Yes. Uh, now is this the first time we had to do this r- report?
9: Yes, this is the first time we've had to do this. Um, I believe that act was. Passed in 2018 um, the munis- different municipalities with more than I think it was um, more than a hundred miles of public roadways are, are required to do this it was kind of phased in um, the city of Midland is actually on the the last phase or one of the last municipalities uh, to submit and this will be our first one
4: okay I, I was surprised by the number of you know poor and fair roads that are reflected in the report um I don't know you taking the are same reaction them, yes, uh, <laughs> do you anticipate that by submitting this report it will push us along in terms of uh, having to do more repairs to the roads
9: uh, it
4: won't by submitting this
9: it won't require us or or um, commit us to do anything additional or or different um, i I anticipate um, that, that we'll take a look at that. We'll weigh it um, as we're developing our, our CIP and likely what it will kind of in, inform us to do is shift a little bit of our existing spending towards more of the uh, service treatments and and um, mill and fill projects on our existing roads rather than spending so much of it, um, frankly, just chasing the... the total reconstruct projects um, that will the idea um, of that is is that overall average rating of our assets will will increase um, if we focus more of our money on not letting the ones that are kind of okay get down into that fair and and poor range um, as we obviously try Mm -hmm. to backfill the ones that are already there and, and bring them up to
4: Okay, About so basically it's going to be leave the, the, the burden of, of getting this uh, these streets up to snuff with the city council in terms of approving the plan and the budgets and so Correct. forth, and, and you bringing them forward? Yes. Okay, thank you.
5: But then, Brad, historically, we've always had that report, because I remember Brian McManus would come and tell us, he's like, hey, there's, here's the conditions of our road which is what then led us to that second millage. So yeah. it's something that's been there. We've never had to do a report before, but it's always been there.
11: The detail has been provided. You're probably referring to the TASER reports, which is the rating classification <laughs> mm-hmm. of all the different roads that are yep. done, uh, either by staff or now it's done by Matt, uh, the transportation study largely. So it's the same information, different format, different requirement. You see the okay. thickness uh, of the documents mm-hmm. in there that, uh, that Matt has that he's gonna have to send in. So. You're right. We've always looked at it. We've always considered it. Um, It's just a different format and a different technical legal requirement now. Okay.
1: Okay. Does anyone else have any questions for Mr. Lemon? Okay. Thank Thank you you. very much. Is there any comments from the public on this?
17: Jim Moran, 2001 Ramble Lane. I didn't know there was going to be that long a report to uh, to read through, but uh, I I have done so now. So, first of all, thanks to the council for the opportunity. Uh, I shared uh, many of these comments uh, with Brad and uh, Matt uh, last week, and uh, Councilman Ornoski suggested I bring this to the council. So, that's why I am here this evening. Um, So, thank you. Uh, councilman for suggesting that I come I guess uh, my other choice tonight was uh, I had a uh, when he called me up I looked at my calendar and I had a 715 uh, flu shot appointment so <laughs> it was city council for the flu shot um, so I guess I'll get my flu shot tomorrow okay. well, you know By and large, my family has enjoyed the services and amenities uh, of over 50 years in Midland, Michigan. Uh, Raised my children here and my wife and I uh, have resided here for a long, long, long time. Uh, One of the beauties of Midland is our uh, gorgeous trees along our local streets. And I used to enjoy a bike ride uh, to enjoy those trees, but uh, uh, no more. Uh, it has become constantly uh, jarring and hazardous to do that uh, along some of those same streets. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, the two major streets that I would utilize in my neighborhood were ones that were marked poor uh, in, this, uh, in this report that is being submitted to you. And uh, I, I heard Matt uh, imply that we're, we're going to tackle the ones in the middle so they don't become poor. Mm-hmm. But I can't help but wonder what's going to happen to the poor ones with that kind of approach. Uh, and uh, so <clears throat> it's, it's really a shame uh, that, that, that that has happened and we've let our infrastructure. And I've got, I've got a few pictures here, which I'll try to share. We'll see whether they show up or not. They're on my iPad. Um, but we talk about being a bicycle-friendly city. And, uh, but the condition of some of our local streets seems to contradict that quite frankly, Uh, it's hazardous. And the one thing I would ask the council to consider as they're reviewing this report is to take a look at the safety aspects of some of these roads and consider the implication. It's not just a matter of being rated a one a two or three or four. It's what is the surface condition like Mm -hmm. and what is it like for pedestrians Uh, for uh, disabled folks trying to cross streets with the kind of cracks and uh, potholes that I'm going to show you and uh, Also for the bikers. Uh, It's 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 really a hazard. So let me see how this works Sorry, I know it's late and I'm taking some of your time (coughs) Let's see if this shows up at all can you see it up there? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, all of these pictures come from, uh, and, and we're just, I, di- I didn't go out and spend hours or anything like that. Uh, I spent about uh, 20 minutes driving around, and uh, they all come they all come from Campo, between Longfellow and Saginaw, and Drake, between Longfellow and Saginaw. And those are my major routes that I used to use to get down to the rail trail. <clears throat> Take a look, and I, I don't know how many of you are bikers, but uh, think about what that's like driving down the road. And in every one of these pictures, think of what it's like when a, if a car is coming up behind you and you run <laughs> out of choices of where you can go in the road to miss the potholes, and what that feels like, and more importantly, what the hazards are associated with that if your bike tire drops into one of these cracks. That's a quarter. Um, I think you can see the hazard that that poses for any kind of a biker driving down there. And when the car comes behind you, that's often the kind of terrain that you're required to uh, move over onto. It's uh, not a pretty sight in a bike city. Uh, a bike-friendly city, quite frankly, and it's it's quite a disappointment to me. Um, I'll just hand you, I've got a, I took picture, pictures of a couple of those just so to make sure you can see them. Well, do, yeah. can I approach?
1: Yes, please. Okay. Okay.
17: Just hand them down, but yeah. you, you saw what they looked like. Yeah. So really what I'm concerned about is safety. Um, I don't mind driving my car down these streets, even though it's a little more rugged than one should expect in a city of the quality of Midland, Michigan. But I do uh, not enjoy driving my bike. Um, And if it were just for me, I'd say to heck with it. And what I do today, I'm only two miles from the rail trail. I load my bike into the back of my van, which I'm sure is not exactly what uh, uh, most of us would, would appreciate and drive it down to Emerson Park so I can access the rail trail. Uh, we're probably making the gas, gas companies happy, but I'm not sure we're really serving the citizenry with that approach. Worse than that, quite frankly, is Drake. If you're familiar with where Drake mm-hmm. is, uh, it fronts right on Woodcrest. And we literally have hundreds of elementary school children riding their bikes down these streets uh, to, to, to their school and I'm afraid, I looked at the, uh, the as, as suggested by uh, Mr. K and Mr. Lemon, I looked at the, uh, the capital improvement plan, and those roads are scheduled at best to be taken care of four to five years from now. That's four to five years that those kids are gonna be trying to cross streets like this or drive their bikes on these streets. We've now got electric scooters in this city can you imagine an electric scooter on one of these streets? So I hope when the council takes a look at this, you'll, you'll realize that it's nice when we build a new new road in the city, but if we can't maintain the ones where the people are currently living, it's a real safety hazard to, to all of us. So please, I challenge you to put on your safety hat when you took a, take a look at that capital improvement plan and think about some kind of a multi-year aggressive program to make our streets safe for our children on their bikes and even some of us older folks. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Are there any other comments? Okay, seeing none, then Sean, will you please read the
3: resolution? This resolution accepts and files the City's Required Transportation Asset Management Council TAMC, Transportation Asset Management Plan, TAMP, for submittal as prepared by OHM advisors. Okay, can we have a motion to accept the resolution?
4: So moved.
9: You have a second. second?
2: Okay, first and second. Discussion? I agree, we need to look at adding more capital to, to fixing that for safety reasons.
1: That's it, not, and it's just not those two roads either. No, <laughs> right. it's quite well, a few. It's, yeah. uh, we we <laughs> have, um, you know, I thought we had, what do we call it? The payment, asset payment, you know what I'm talking payment about. Payment asset. Pay- yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I don't know how we could have missed those. I mean, it, it seems like so, we've, got, we've d- gotten before well,
4: pretty significantly I, behind.
1: Right, and I don't mm-hmm. know, is that a, is so is that that? Are is it our choices or does this have to do with COVID and not having, you know, companies to do that, you know, or is it a little bit of everything?
11: Um, Well, I think the short answer is you have over 233 center miles of road, and there is a limited amount of funds in order to maintain those. There's a limited season in which we can do the construction, and frankly, there's a limited number of construction companies that can do it. You've all seen the challenges we have with the contractors that we have getting work done um, and the complaints that we get because of the volume of work we already do um so, so there's a, a variety of factors that's not to say we can't do something differently and you heard mr lemon talk about uh, perhaps looking at a different approach and maybe uh, addressing different levels of the repair um and restoration work that we do versus the hard deep uh full right. street reconstruction projects which take up a lot of the money um but do less of the roads when we repair them that way so yeah. so those will be things uh, that we're looking at mr boran came in as he said uh and matt and i both met with him and talked with him and and so we'll take those ideas away, and as we're working on the capital improvement plan, we'll certainly consider those as we go forward. Okay. I
4: mean, it's a little scary yeah. that you've got roads already in poor condition that aren't going to be fixed for four years. I mean, that mm-hmm. I don't know what's worse category than poor, but I think it's going to be there by that time.
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay, are we ready to vote on that? All right, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, that passes 4-0. Okay, that takes us now down to item number eight, which is the zoning petition number 640, and Mr. Kane.
16: 640 for property that was annexed into the city of Midland from Homer Township, located at 6000 Stark Road. Once again, the applicant in this case is MLR Engineering, owner is Tom mcland Company, and the area in question is just over 65 acres. The property is currently located in the Community Services Commercial District of Homer Township. Uh, the applicant is proposing three zoning districts for the property RA1 single family at 57.2 acres of land or just about 88% of the total property. RA4 single family and two family residential at 3.7 acres or about 5.5% of the property and RC regional commercial at 4.4 acres or just shy of 7% of the total property. Just to orient you again to the subject property's location, this is on the northeast corner, essentially of North Saginaw Road and Stark Road. Uh, The property is currently vacant. Surrounding zoning districts, primarily residential within the city of Midland to the north and east. We have a mixture of zoning districts to the west regional, commercial, some residential, and some office. In terms of future land use along North Saginaw Road, we primarily have either regional or I'm sorry, commercial districts or high density residential. As you move to the north and east, you move into a lower density residential future land use. So real quickly, the intent of the proposed districts, RE1 and RE4 residential are intended to primarily provide single or two-family residential uses. The districts primarily differ in the minimum area density and building placement requirements, RE1 being the least dense of the four districts in the RE category R4 being the most dense. The RE4 district is the only of those four that allows for two-family residential. Some of the example uses permitted in the district include single family, residential cultural facilities, fire stations, schools, and parks. Regional commercial, which as I mentioned, is a, a little bit less than 6% of the overall proposal here is intended to provide commercial that serves the broader region. It's the most intensive and vehicle oriented commercial district. Uh, and it's intended for major or minor thoroughfares and intended to be buffered from residential uses. Um, I would add, Just to contextualize this a bit, that the regional commercial district, while it's more intensive in the type of activity that might take place, the land development standards of the regional commercial district aren't necessarily the most intense in our zoning code. There are setback requirements, there are greenbelt requirements, and things that would require less land coverage than some of our other districts might permit. And a sampling of uses within the regional commercial district includes auto repair garages, convenience stores, medical clinics, places of worship, and shopping centers. Subject property is shown on the screen with the proposed zoning designations as we discussed at the previous meeting. These designations are um, a tad unique because they are intended to follow boundaries that would be established through a separate planning process which would follow approval of the rezoning tonight. The orange area is shown on the map. The larger area is the proposed RA1 zoning district, which again is approximately just over 57 acres of the 65 acres in total. The RA4 district is shown in green, um, sort of in between the proposed regional commercial and the proposed RA1, that's at 3.7 acres. And then the regional commercial area, which fronts along North Saginaw Road is 4.4 acres. We've ran through the review criteria previously. Um, Just to summarize in general, the proposal is consistent with the master plan, both in terms of the city's future land use map, and the goals of the master plan, which include providing those gradations or buffering between major thoroughfares and residential areas, as well as between commercial areas and lower density residential areas, as well as providing commercial opportunities uh, for shopping and dining closer to people's residents in order to provide more convenience and to cut down on the traffic impacts by having uh, development that doesn't have appropriate levels of service. We have obviously received public comment on the request subsequent to our meeting two weeks ago. Uh, Staff's recommendation uh, to both the Planning Commission and the Council is approval uh, due to the fact that the proposed zoning is consistent with the future land use map. It supports goals of the City's master plan. It'll facilitate development consistent with the pattern and use of development in the general vicinity, and it is necessary to assign zoning given that the land was recently annexed into the City of Midland from Homework Township. So with that, uh, we are now beyond uh, the last step, is shown on the screen. We've moved on to reconsideration tonight, following the tabling at the last meeting. Right, Mr. I think Dr. we.
1: I think a couple things. We asked, you know, we gave this back to sure. say, yeah, can you provide us with some insight as it relates to what our options are? I guess one before you do that, though, currently, could you could you tell us what that is currently zoned? For, so it's the Homer Township. What is it zoned for? So what could it, if we don't, you know, what could it be there?
16: Sure, so under the terms of the zoning ordinance until zoning is assigned by the city of Midland, the township zoning does continue to apply. Mm-hmm. Um, the current zoning in this case for all 65 acres is community services commercial under the Homer township zoning ordinance. That district appears uh, in large part to be similar to our regional commercial district. Um, that district does not have any maximum coverage limits So it does allow for full lot coverage, at least in theory. Um, Homer Township does obviously have standards similar to the city of Midland in terms of landscaping and buffering that would likely preclude full coverage of the lot. But nevertheless, it's currently zoned in a manner that would allow something like a big box retailer, a shopping center, or any number of other commercial uses to be built um, either by right or through a conditional land use permit process on the property as it's zoned. The applicant's proposal would significantly downgrade the level of intensity that's possible on the lot by applying RA one residential, which is the city's least dense residential district across the vast majority of the subject property.
5: So if it came to wanting to address the water issues, we'd have to wait until there's a site
16: plan that would go through the review process, correct? Like any project in the city of Midland, it would be subject to review and permitting under the city's stormwater management Mm -hmm. ordinance. That's correct.
1: Could Could you talk about taking of property? What does that mean in the planning world?
16: (laughs) So generally folks are entitled to compensation if they are not able to utilize the property, uh, their property in a manner that is expected. So, um, you know, there has to be a public purpose behind city's use or taking of property, and there has to be just an equivalent compensation. So for instance, if the city of Midland decided we wanted to construct a roadway through private property, uh, we could engage in condemnation, or we could work with the property owner. But generally speaking, we'd be expected to provide just compensation or fair market value for that property in exchange for the property's use.
4: Now, on the other hand, when you apply for the zoning, it implies that you can actually build those things that are being that are being that are allowed under those particular zoning categories. Uh, and in this particular case, I'm referring to infrastructure, which means you have the ability to supply water, sewer, drainage in a way that's consistent with the other surrounding areas. The difficulty, as you know, we have an issue here with respect to a development or potential impact of development here on people who are down the Inman drain from this particular development. So we've got a a problem if this is granted with an inconsistency, I think, in the way the city's master plan anticipates um, because it doesn't it does have a negative impact despite what the criteria say here or at least as the potential under the way things are laid out right now
16: i suppose back to the prior question what's before you was really there's not an option that involves this property not being developed in any manner in the future short of the city of midland purchasing the property and, and holding it in conservation and so the, the owner of the property is going to have some level of development rights under any district of the city's zoning ordinance. Um, we don't have a zoning district that doesn't permit development. We have- Agriculture. Well, agricultural district provide, er, allows for development, including uh, the city landfills in the agricultural district. And so mm-hmm. you've got uses <clears throat> that have impacts that aren't necessarily parking lots or homes Um, any type of development is going to create some sort of downstream impact any or uh, any is going to create impact on stormwater the stormwater ordinance is going to respond to the level of intensity of development so the size of a stormwater pond for a single-family residential neighborhood is going to be sized for that neighborhood if there's commercial components included that stormwater system is likely going to be larger because those elements of the project are likely going to have a larger impact Um, i think the net overall impact to the system should be relatively neutral because the stormwater ordinance should be remediating those uses uniformly across there. Well, I don't think our
4: current stormwater ordinance does.
16: Sure, and I I guess to that point, what's before you tonight is not amendments to the stormwater ordinance. It's simply applying zoning to property that's already been annexed into the city of Midland that must have zoning applied. And so the, the policy question is really the zoning that makes sense here and the zoning that's proposed does align with the master plan. It does reduce the level of intensity of development over what's currently entitled here.
4: Well, but currently, it's undeveloped property. And it hasn't been developed. So it's not like there's been some reason why it hasn't been developed. I'm not sure what that is. Um, and I think.
1: Uh, you know what? Go. I went and talked to Mr. McCann. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to understand what, what his thoughts were here. Because I said, you know. This is kind of ugly for us, yeah, and you know and it, in some ways we don't have options I mean either I mean because we have to, as a council have a responsibility to do you know what's you know what's best for the city and what does that mean and I think so anyway, I did ask him what his intent was, and I said, you know we want to change what we want to change what the rules are I said we want to change what the rules are moving forward right. and uh, what are you thinking? How long is this going to be? What are you What are you doing? He said, "I really have a plan because I'm turning 90, and I wanted to get this in place. But I don't see us doing anything for a couple of years." He said, "No, nah, the building." He said, and he Mr. Rapana said something that Mr. McCann said too. He said, "I'm not interested in building something that's not going to work, or if that's going to be a mess, you know, or that's going to cause more problems." And I said, "Well, you know, look at it. I see how many lots you have there, but we might need more of that for." Storm management, and I and I said so. That might Mm -hmm. mean you have less slots, which means you get less money, and and he said I understand that. He said I understand that. So I did go and have that conversation with him because I thought, well, I mean, if he's thinking, you know, they're going to plat it right away and start development right away, I'm like, whoa, that's, you know, how do we how do we manage that? Because otherwise, we are, we say we're we're going to disregard what we've said we're we're going to do as far as zoning. And then we have set the, the city up for a lawsuit, which could which is could happen also. So either way,
2: did I, I don't hear know. During did part of your presentation, it was being downgraded to single-family households in a certain part of that. That's what I, the verbiage I heard is it, in, the, it, in part of the presentation.
16: Currently, the entire site under the Homer Township zoning ordinance is Mm -hmm. located in a commercial district that's very similar to the city's regional commercial zoning district. So all 65 acres are currently in that commercial category. The applicant's proposal moves the vast majority of acreage about 60 and a half acres out of that, or sorry, it's about 58 acres, out of that commercial district and into a residential district. Okay,
2: that's
1: He did say he'd be willing to put that in writing for us.
4: Well, then we don't vote on it tonight.
1: did you
15: have an opportunity? Well, I have, and we've had a chance to talk about this as well. The simplistic answer, if it meets the criteria, whether you like the criteria or not, or the master plan or anything else, if it meets the criteria, it passes. If it doesn't meet the criteria, deny it. But under this this example, and this has been presented, it meets the criteria under our current ordinances and the requirements that we have to go forward on.
17: Well,
4: this is where the Planning Commission City Council shall, at a minimum, consider the following. And you got these, these criteria. We can consider other things. And I think the other things are what's important here, the other things being sanitary and storm sewers. Well, what the
15: question before you is zoning, not development. Right,
1: not, the, it's not the site plan. At the site plan, I think we can take, take a look at that. And talk about that, but it's zoning. It says I
4: mean I'm reading right yeah. off the, the material we have, in accordance with sections such and such of the zoning ordinance, planning commission city council shall so minimum at a minimum consider the following before taking action on any proposed zoning map amendment. So what I'm saying is we need to consider other things, which I've mentioned, at a minimum before taking any action. So that's that's why I'm that's that's you know <laughs> And obviously, I, I have nothing against Mr. McCann. Um, but we're dealing with a piece of property here that has the potential to cause some impact. And once we, you know, previously I, I raised the issue, can we, can we object to something mm-hmm. on the annexation step? Mm-hmm. Jim says no, because we have to annex because that's mm-hmm. the, under the Muga rules. OK, so I'm, 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 I'm tied up there. So now I'm at the next stage. Next stage that comes before city council, which is zoning, and I'm saying, can I act here? Because we've got a problem. I want to act. I want to act in the in the best interest of the existing residents of the city. And then you go, well, no, it's site plan. Well, site plan doesn't really solve the problem we have here because everything we've approved has been, you know, the site plan has been approved. All these other developments that we're talking about, and you know, there's, there's a fair point about whether the developments have occurred in the city or in the township but you know we've got to we've got to find a place where it's appropriate not that not that we won't Mr. McCann won't eventually be able to develop this i'm hoping we get to that point just as we discussed yeah. earlier with larkin it's like look we're not trying to stop everything here but we've got to deal with problems that are being created as a result of the development and so here's a large piece of property unlike the last point, which is what a, probably less than an acre, w- that has an impact. Because it's right. it's area that is currently absorbing water. And if you do anything to it, it's going to cause runoff. So. Right.
1: And, well, and I, it's just that, Steve, what I, under, what I hear you saying is we don't have the right stuff in place yet to manage that. Right. That, well, I, so, I wish we did. Yeah. And, uh, and so thinking, right now, well, we're kind of caught up in that fact that we don't have that right stuff in well, place. Well, I'm arguing
4: maybe we do here um, for now.
1: Okay. Because could, I mean, maybe I had a, you know, misunderstood my conversation with Mr. McCann. But if he said he's willing to put that in writing for us, that he wasn't going to do any development there probably for a couple of years, can, can we table that one more time and ask him to do that, actually? and he he could say no i'm not really don't want to do it you guys have to really make the decision and then we'd do it then
15: that might simply be a comfort letter comfort for everyone letter to have for all file. of us but it, it's, it's the property to. has to be zoned yeah. it has to be zoned, zoned something and right now it's zoned basically regional commercial as we have it within the city as i believe it can stay that way and the development can continue as that as of right mm-hmm. you have a petitioner in front of you that's requesting the property be rezoned the way he wants it rezoned, not the way the city or we may negotiate with him from here. Right. That's, that's not our right to do that. That's his right to bring it. He can withdraw the petition and bring it back a different way. But what's before you is very much laid out. There's a presentation, there is what he wants, and there is the criteria that's either met or not, whether we agree with it or not. And maybe it needs to be developed later. But as it's before you right now, the criteria has apparently been met. So it's up or down whether the criteria has been met. And if it has, it should pass. If you believe that criteria has not been met, then that's your, that's your denial on the vote. I mean, it's It's not complicated because at the point where jurisdictional, the annexation came in, that's done. And I agree, uh, Councilman Arnowski, our hands get tied on that. Uh, maybe down the road we can say we don't want it unless it meets certain criteria, but right now we've got that. We're at the juris- that's the jurisdictional phase. Now we're at the zoning phase, and then it'll develop into the developmental phase where the safeguards are supposed to come in for all the concerns that have been developed of how to make sure the property is effective for downstream, upstream for that, own prop- that property. But the zoning is all that's before you because we don't know that he's going to develop in that
4: or that he won't tomorrow.
15: Mm-hmm. That's correct, that's right. or is there? That's very true. So the letter is okay. It's a it's a feel good letter, but the point is, there's no way of knowing what someone will do or what he'll put on there. But yet, you will see it again under a site plan that would come forward, yeah. and those questions are the ones that would have to be developed. And if we're tightening up the stormwater discussions in the future, it would have to comply what's presented at that time for the site plan. But right now, right. that's that's way far ahead, and there's nothing wrong with that discussion. But you got to bring it back. You really do have to bring it back to just what's before you in that zoning, because that property is going to be zoned something. And if it's going to stay for the what we have like regional commercial, that that could stay that way. And whether that's good or bad is a whole nother discussion. So it's a the petitioners to presented too. this, yeah. and now it's before you for an yeah. up or down. You know, and and
4: the difficulty I've got is we haven't even if, if we get we need to get to a a more stringent stormwater uh, ordinance than we've got right now. We needed to have it sooner than later. Because if once we put that in place, then you go, OK, if you can meet, sure, if you want to rezone it, now you can do that, you have to meet these more stringent requirements, OK. Um, but we can't drag our feet on that. And I, you know, I, if, if we can get that in place and just table this for another period of time, fine. If he's not going to do anything for two years and we can get something put in place, you know, in the next, uh, you know, couple months, then it shouldn't be in no harm, no foul.
2: What's
1: your thoughts on how long it will take to put something in place?
11: I I, I don't know. Mr. Lemon here has obviously been directed to look at that. Uh, Quite frankly, it's a terrible time for our engineering staff because they're trying to complete all of our road projects. Um, And so for them to take on that, um, they're working on it. It's not that they're not, but it will take a little bit of time to come back.
1: I mean, are we talking a year, two years?
15: No. No, it's nowhere yeah. near that long. But, till what? Tell, till a report comes back that might be accepted and debated right. for how many meetings? Right. And how I mean, many, just, how much Not input everyone's going to
1: like whatever we decide or whatever is presented. And, I got mm-hmm. it. No.
15: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have significant citizen input
2: sure.
15: for changes that will be a development issue for any direction of north, south, east, or west of the city because, as you mentioned, the urban cooperation agreement is, is centers us. And we bring it in with that zoning.
1: So if we zone it and then we don't approve the site plan because we're waiting on
5: new rulings. The site plan may not even come to us. Yeah, and, yeah, no, and we, we
15: might not even get a site plan.
1: But if I mean, it does, talking, we have what to
4: approve it unless they've got the, the ordinance change.
15: That's that's if they meet the criteria. That, so you that, that's that's on the books. And somewhere. It, it's it's got to it's got to end somewhere and it has to start somewhere. And before you tonight is the, the zoning question. And tabling right. it may not be the option that you want to consider. Gen- generally, tabling tabling it is for the next meeting. Right. It just puts it off one more. Right. Way. So to say we'll table it indefinitely is going to be an issue because that leaves zoning. What it is now, and if you're comfortable with regional commercial zoning on 65 acres, that could be a significant concern as well, because I believe, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken that, that would be in a, a, a use more. by right, right, mm-hmm. where they wouldn't have to come back for for the use that could be anticipated for 65 acres under regional commercial. For a big if box I'm correct, store. that might prompt us to action, though.
1: Well, I think we're prompted to action now. <laughs>
15: Right. I, mean, I want it to be prompted
4: to action now. I think we're That's, prompted
1: to action now. It's in just, terms just,
4: of, the, in terms of the, it's
1: just it's like if we can't blink and have it done, it doesn't. You know, there's no blinking. It takes well, a while. Well,
4: I bet you. You know, it depends what the consequence of it. If it's a big box being put in there, I guess we'll act a little bit more quickly.
1: Well, uh, you know, it's.
4: Uh, we I, I'm trying to, to to get us to to address a problem. I, I
1: know, I know. Sooner
4: than later, and you know, I don't want to kick down, you know, kick the can down the road
1: anymore.
15: Mayor, I know you're looking. I'd love to give you some different guidance it. on it because it. I'm kind of stuck with the idea of if the criteria yeah. is met, it's not whether we agree with some of the things that come before council or not. If it's it clicks it off, it clicks it off. So if, we've
1: already agreed to the annexation. That's done. Right? So we're the ones who determine the zoning
15: based he, upon the request, request that's before you by the landowner, land, regardless the, who the landowner right.
4: is. But we could have other people request. I mean, I think there's other Uh, uh, examples we've recently voted on that the city
11: has requested a change in zoning. So the question, the answer to that is, yes, city staff can initiate amendments to the council, basically, can initiate amendments to the zoning ordinance. Um, In this particular case, you have a petition from a landowner that you do need to respond to. To. Right. Right. But yes, the city can initiate zoning on any parcel. We, We are deemed to have an interest, essentially, in any parcel. What's that? Parks.
4: Mm -hmm. It could be rezoned something else
2: later. Mm
5: -hmm. Okay, but I thought I heard if all the criteria has been met, it needs to be.
4: There could be other criteria, is the way I read it. We can consider other.
6: But otherwise, we're opening
5: ourselves up to a lawsuit. lawsuit. Why?
11: Is that Ron? correct? Jim, yes. the standard typically, if I may, is, is reasonable, um, that if, again, if challenged, you know, we may not get challenged no matter what the council does, but if challenged, the action of council has to be shown to be reasonable, is that correct? Not and arbitrary or capricious, that that's
15: correct. It has to be reasonable determination, but not arbitrary and capricious. So if if we, we and I'm not saying you are by any means, so don't no. take this yep. one. We're not making up additional criteria. Right. Or you did this, but you know we really would like this and this and this. If it's met at a minimum, it's a minimum. It's within that range.
1: Okay, so does that count for site plans too?
15: Site plans yeah. come before you as a discussion as, as at a, a minimum.
1: At a minimum. And so we have really re- that's done where we make this that decision There's, about the uh Stormwater. stormwater. Mm-hmm. I mean, is to, is I mean, I, I'm like I am kicking the can down. The road. is it a stormwater decision today at zoning, or is it at site plan? And then we could say we've been talking about this, we're working on this. I mean, then to me, I, we'd have a little bit more to step back on than we do right today.
4: I mean, the thing that is troubling here is there's no direction of which way the stormwater will go for this property.
5: Correct.
15: I absolutely agree. However, but that's not a zoning question. What kind of question is it? It's plan. a site plan. <laughs> it's at the development phase. I mean, that's the only place it can be because, as you mentioned earlier, the zoning can be changed yet again. I mean, there could be a request by the petitioner coming in again to to change zoning down down the road differently. Before use a zoning question for annexed property. That's I mean to take it right yeah. back. I, it's not a stormwater question at this point. It's a de- development's right. going to happen on the property. I assume I'm making that assumption for something. And it has to have the proper zoning. Right now, you're stuck with regional commercial, which seems that's the Homer Township zoning. And we have two years. I don't know when it was annexed and the date. I think two years to to rezone it. But yet, the petition is before you now
2: by the landowner. Right. Mm
15: -hmm. And he's brought it within that period of time.
2: Right. I'm going to read it. I assume. Mm -hmm. All right.
1: And I think we have to vote. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, yeah. motion, we had a motion on the table.
11: So the motion on the table, just to remind right. everyone, was for approval of the petition <laughs> as submitted. Um, and that was moved and seconded last time, and then subsequently the tabled and okay. brought back tonight. So that motion still remains valid.
5: Right.
1: So, any more discussion
5: on that? And it's only for the zoning. Did you read it? Not a site plan. Where,
15: or? Where are we? I'm reading it. Okay
1: okay so are we ready to vote mm-hmm. okay all in favor please say aye. aye aye opposed
4: nay okay
1: that passes three one okay that now takes us down to item number 13. no no no
4: no, no that one wasn't that pulled. wasn't pulled
1: why do I have, why did I have that? Because Councilman, Oh, you, uh, yeah, you made the <laughs> comment on it. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. Thanks. New business? Okay, so that takes us down to new business. Do we have any new business from anyone on Council? Okay, do we have any new business from you, Mr. K? No, ma'am. Okay, then having new business? No new business? We're adjourned. Thank you.